0: nerdly on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American radio.
1: And welcome to our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here on WABC. Derek Hunter will be along with us shortly. Right now, we are going to go to Israel. On the phone line with us, and the number to call in, by the way, any point during the show that you'd like, 800 848 wabc 800 848 848 Joel Rosenberg is on the line from Israel. Joel Rosenberg, of course, dear friend, and also runs All Israel News, which, Joel, I understand that your website is experiencing a cyber attack this morning as this war, this surprise war, has broken out
2: right, James. Great to be with you. I appreciate you bringing attention to the situation. Uh, so I'm based in Jerusalem. Uh, as you know, uh, I run All Israel News, which is at allisrael.com. We've had a surge of traffic, of course, today, as, as the worst war in the nine years that I've ever lived here in Israel uh, has broken out uh, th- uh, this morning. Um, but on on top of all that, and we'll get into the details of the war. But yeah, uh, we've had a massive cyber attack against our site. We're checking to see if other news sites are down, uh, but we're down right now. We hope to be back up very shortly.
1: Well, this seems to be whatever is going on here. This seems to be well uh, orchestrated and and connected. When did you come? When did you become aware of what was taking place? Joel, I mean, this is a surprise for the world, what is taking place in Israel today.
2: It is. Well, look, what's what's bizarre about this and yet should have been prepared for by the IDF and Israeli intelligence is the fact that this weekend is the 50th anniversary of the massive sneak attack by Egypt and Syria. 50 years ago in what was became known as the Yom Kippur War, the worst war in the history of the last 75 years in Israel, right? So so on these type of anniversaries, we always have to make sure we're very vigilant. But it looks like the IDF has been caught in the biggest intelligence failure since the Yom Kippur War, Yom Kippur war James. I mean, what, what's happened is it looks like now thousands – of Hamas terrorist fighters have crossed the border um, because the IDF is now engaged in counter-terror operations in 21 Israeli border towns, settlement towns, farms, and cities uh, near the Gaza Strip in in our southern tier. Uh, uh, More than 2,500 rockets have been fired at us, but Israeli citizens, we're, we're watching videos on Twitter of Israeli citizens being captured and killed by Hamas terrorists. We, we've never had an infiltration like this by a terrorist group. Uh, we've had infiltration, I mean, not of this magnitude, okay? So, and here in Jerusalem, uh, we, we, you asked how do we know about it? Well, the fighting began this morning. We woke up to uh, rocket siren alerts in Jerusalem. That never happened. I think it's happened once once since I lived here in nine years, and uh, so Hamas terrorists in Gaza in the Gaza Strip are firing rockets. We've had eight rounds of rockets fired here at Jerusalem, but but hundreds of, I mean literally 2,500 uh, rockets atta- uh, fired at at multiple cities and towns all over Israel. Um, the Iron Dome sirens go off, and then fortunately, the Iron Dome is taken down all of the missiles and rockets headed for Jerusalem, our, our capital. But actually we're more used to uh, the rocket wars games. You and I have talked about them and during numerous right. rocket wars over the years, what's different about this is, is we're pretty safe mostly because of the iron dome anti-rocket system, which by the way, Democrats used to call star Wars mocking us, you know, mocking anyone yes. who thought you could shoot down a missile with a missile. But we do that here, 95% accuracy rate here in Israel. But what's different is this surge of terrorists crossing the border and, and thinking, how did the IDF let this happen? How did Israeli intelligence get caught flat-footed? It, it, it's so bad. And Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu just went on television here to say, this is what, what's about to happen from the – counter-reaction side, right, from the Israeli Defense Force side, is not going to be an operation or a a project. This is all-out war. So um, my wife has a Bible study here where evangelicals—every husband of every young woman that's in her Bible study and every brother of every woman in their Bible study has been called up in their reserves in the last two hours most of the men that I know across the country who are still in the IDF reserves are being called up. It's a massive war that's being prepared, but it, it, but the country's been blindsided this morning.
1: That is just stunning news, Joel. There, I, I I don't know whether you've seen the pictures. I've seen the pictures. Apparently, some of the attackers have paraglided in. If these pictures are accurate, they they yes they yes this is. Yeah, land, air, and sea. They they stormed across. They, they seem to
2: have just ripped through. The, we have a border wall, but it looks like the, the observation posts that normally man you know, our side were being unattended. So we're watching videos of trucks filled with Hamas fighters just storming across the border. I don't know. This is not Biden country, okay? This is not the Mexican border where it's normal for you guys. Our borders are very carefully sealed up and we've got and that's the most dangerous border israel has but what in the world is just happening nobody understands it watching israeli television today they're using the terms apocalyptic because israelis are being yanked out of their houses women children men shot down in front of their children women being captured and, and dragged into trucks to take back to Gaza. It's a massive defeat, uh, defeat at the moment. i obviously we will win, we will counter, but it's a huge black eye
1: at the moment, a bloody nose. Goodness, Joel, just, the the reporting on this hasn't caught up to all of the details that you're telling us here. Derek Hunter, who you know is on the line with me here, uh, Derek, were you surprised when you uh, at what is happening over? And and by the way, let me ask you a question, Derek. Ted Cruz and others have already um, indicated that they believe that part of this is funded by Iran, which begs to question, the Iran deal that Joe Biden made recently to give them billions of dollars. Derek, what are your thoughts here?
3: Uh, good morning, everybody. It is uh, it's shocking, of course and it wouldn't surprise me if it were funded by Iran i don't know that it has anything to do with the money we just gave iran it's not as though they weren't in the terrorism game before that but certainly helps i'm surprised by the the coordinated abilities here i didn't i would not have thought that you know they would have had the capabilities to work on this scale with this level of coordination and sophistication so Um, That's the shock to me. I also didn't think they were that dumb. I thought that they would be. It's one thing to hear the rhetoric, and it's another thing to think their rhetoric is 100% real. There's definitely hatred in the rhetoric, but the commitment, Yasser Arafat talked a good game, but then squirreled away billions of dollars and and lived quite nicely. That's what surprises me here. And, I hope that Israel's victory is swift and decisive and uh, really impacts the population and the membership of Hamas.
1: Joel, do you think, and and so you, you are, of course, and everyone is expecting that Israel will have a very strong counter to this. Do you think that this will spell the end to Hamas this time? Or is this something that it's going to go down the road and when Hamas looks like they will be defeated we will see the usual oh stop it, Israel is being terrible to people etc. What do you think how do you think this is going to play out in the media which always seems to somehow or another sidle up with the foes of Israel
2: Yeah uh, you got several questions in there James so let me take them uh, briefly one by one. First you're, you're right to focus on the, on the PR propaganda angle for, for Hamas. So the first thing is Hamas by striking with this massive sneak attack um, a devastating attack there's just no other way to say it is it, it, it a huge propaganda win for Hamas okay Hamas can't beat Israel militarily right but they can inflict tremendous damage in a in terms of um, propaganda war look what we did to Israel on the 50th anniversary of the worst sneak attack on the history of Israel on Yom Kippur in 1973. So that's the first thing. So Islamist media in Iran, in Lebanon, uh, of course, Al Jazeera and all over will be, you know, will be praising uh, this horrible, bloodthirsty uh, terror group. That's the first thing. Second thing, uh, Hamas has injected an enormous amount of fear in Israelis who felt fairly secure on the southern border, okay, we have rocket attacks, but we have Iron Dome. But if you're going to get plucked out of your house at gunpoint because people stormed across a border that your armies were supposed to protect, this is going to be, this, this is terrifying. Third, it's a huge blow against Netanyahu, who's been our most successful prime minister in the in the history of Israel. But this is going to be a body blow politically against, um, against Netanyahu. And the question will be, If he handles it well from this point forward, maybe he can recover. But I'm telling you, this is huge. I I can't underestimate the political blow that this is going to fall on the Netanyahu government. And then you're talking about the international media, okay, which we – what will we hear? We will hear that these are militants. We won't hear in the international media, the American media even, that they're terrorists. We'll hear calls for de-escalation. Yes, you know, as though if if you had a a a, uh, a some goth, you know, with with you know some eighteen year old lunatic in a elementary school, you know, in New York City with an AK forty seven, that you that anybody in the in New York media would be saying, I hope that the New York City police will de escalate the situation. No, blow the man's head off. Or capture them, but don't let them kill children, right? Nobody talks about de-escalation and that type of mass casualty event, but that's what they will say. And then the U.N. will gather this week, and they will condemn us for defending ourselves. It's, this is how it's done, and it's horrible, but we're not going to pay attention to the U.N. We'll, you know, we won't pay attention to the world trying to tell us that we can't defend ourselves, but we'll be, we'll be criticizing our own leaders saying, what the hell?
1: Yeah, already, if you look at it, uh, this is, um, I'm trying to see where this one was from. I have one news report in front of me. Hamas is Islamist militant group, launches massive attack on, yeah, yeah, it started already. And um, what they're saying is over 5,000 rockets, and Hamas is saying enough is enough. And they 're urging now they 're urging the Palestinians to get involved to confront israel, and there are reports in this one that i 'm reading that also in addition to the kidnappings that you mentioned earlier of people that um, they've kidnapped a soldier, and I wonder whether it 's just one or whether other ones have or whether other well, soldiers gotta, have yeah. been.
2: I suspect that there are many, but right now we've got a, you know, Israel has got a news blackout on some of this. There are some things that, that the government is asking reporters not to say yet because it's a very fast-moving story, and we don't want the enemy to know confirmed information of numbers or people or places where people are captured. The government is now asking people, please don't post videos that you're taking of a kidnapping or something. Because, again, this is, this is an all-out war right now. And information um, is, is precious in an environment like this. Um, no, Hamas has not fired 5,000 rockets yet. But I, let me just put in context, the, the IDF has confirmed that the Hamas terrorists have fired more than 2,500. When I first moved here, James, to become a citizen, that was 2014. Okay. 4,300 rockets were fired in the month that I arrived with my family. 4,300. That was in 31 days. Hamas has at least fired more than half of those that number just in the last six or seven hours. So might we get to 5,000 today? We might. We're not there yet. But this is the biggest attack. It's so well coordinated. Again, whether the money—I don't think the money is coming directly from uh, the most recent Biden, you know, gift to the terrorist regime in Tehran. But there's no question this is entirely funded by Iran and been planned for probably for years, at least for months. Like this is this is the biggest operation against Israel that I can remember because it's ground, sea, and air all at once.
1: Joel, this is just, it's, it is is stunning um, in, in in scope. And what you are reporting live on this scene is, I'm sure, has many people upset beyond reason. I'd like you to just stay in touch with us as the story progresses, um, Joel, and keep us as best you can. And uh, hopefully let us all know, when all Israel news, what, what are you looking at? You're trying to unravel this cyber attack, and this cyber attack that I'm... I'm, I'm assuming happened as all of this was breaking out.
2: Yeah, that's right. As I, and and it's, uh, to be clear, it's not just that we our servers were overwhelmed by, by traffic. That's certainly, we certainly have a huge surge of people have been looking for it. You're not getting it mostly in American media yet, although people are starting to wake up. And then it's, it's not even trustworthy. Most of the media is reporting on it anyway. That's why we started All Israel News three years ago, uh, professional journalists, Israeli and Palestinian journalists on the ground here every day at allisrael.com. But it, this is an actual cyber attack to knock us out, but we'll, we'll, we'll get back. But I would say at this point, follow me at, at ask Joel C. Rosenberg. On Twitter for for that's how you saw the story this morning. Yes, uh, James and I appreciate you retweeting things that we that I send out. That'll be the best source of news for now until we can get the site fully back and up and running.
1: Thank you. At Joel C Rosenberg R O S E N B R G, that's on Twitter at Joel C Rosenberg. You can reach Joel there, and you can stay in touch with Joel there and get the latest news. From Israel, and certainly Joel. As the week, uh, uh, Trent, as the week goes by, we'll be in touch with you uh, during the week, and we will keep up to date on what's going on. and 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 prayers for you and your family's safety, Joel, always. Um, and and for everyone there, this is just horrifying.
2: We're very grateful, and as as peace spreads. As Israel is, you know, getting ready to make peace with Saudi Arabia, we've got these six other peace treaties that President Trump helped us. Look, uh, things are going in the right direction, but this shows that the U.S.-Israel alliance is critical and that Biden and his team have got to get serious, stop funding terror regimes and start standing with Israel.
1: Joe, thank you so much. We appreciate you and we will be in touch, Joe. Thank you again. God bless. God bless you. James Golden, a.k.a. Sterling with you here. It is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza here. We started off with this war in Israel that we became aware of in the wee hours of the morning. Derek Hunter and I will be back. We've got a lot to discuss on the domestic scene as well. So, your telephone calls always welcome. 800-848-WABC. 800-848-WABC. Coming back right after this.
0: Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC.
1: 1968, on this day, Jose Feliciano performed a very controversial version of the Star of Spangled Banner Right before the fifth game of the World Series between Detroit Tigers and St. Louis Cardinals, a lot of radio stations refused to play his songs afterward. I did. I had forgotten all about this, and I always loved Jose Feliciano. Truly great artist. Derek Hunter is with us. Derek, James, why
3: do you love Jose Feliciano?
1: He is a masterful guitarist. I love his vocals. I love the way he... Are you snoring?
3: Light my fire. Light my fire. Light my fire. Ugh. No thanks. Oh, my
1: God. Would you just please? Hard
3: pass. You know, give me the mamas and the papas. I'll take the original for 500, Alex.
1: And he does original work, and he's done original work. And his original work is done well. Is there anybody that you actually like besides some rock and roll guys? You don't like jazz.
3: You don't like Jose.
1: I'm not even going to address it because that's (laughs) just so ridiculous.
3: (laughs) Hey, I grew up in Detroit. I love Motown.
1: Well, that at least speaks well of you.
3: I love indie rock. I'm sorry, but if I heard it to death on the radio, it's boring to me.
1: Well, Derek... People okay, like... Derek, this was this was the week that was in Washington, D.C. Yeah, no, there's no
3: dull moment. I wake up this morning and uh, see your text message. And I'm like, oh, okay, what's going on? The... I went to bed early last night and uh, wake up and find that all hell is broken loose and go Israel and, and bomb the ever-loving uh, feces out of them.
1: That's it's, what I really want to know. It's like, how many times does Israel have to go through this before they finally Israel just say— Why does Israel to
3: show restraint? Why is it Israel right. has to show restraint? Why is it that the immediate reaction of the Biden administration is, well, let's everybody calm down? Like, there's one side that's attacking. You don't tell the person being punched in the face, let's all figure out what's going on here. You accept the fact that they're going to punch back. And when I see—and maybe I'm just an evil person, James, but— I, I That's possible. Don't, don't really draw, draw much of a distinction between the people who are committing the acts of violence and the people who are celebrating the acts of violence. So if you're taking to the streets and cheering the kidnapping of women and children and, you know, dancing and sing, you know, if a bomb happens to fall on you, I'm not going to go. Oh, my God, the human rights violation. How dare they? I'd go. You know what? You maybe weren't act just like the uh, when the BLM Antifa goons were throwing Molotov cocktails at police. And they're like, well, we can't arrest anybody because we don't know who did it. They're all dressed the same. They're all wearing masks. If you're standing next to somebody at a protest who's throwing rocks or firebombs at police and your instinct isn't to immediately leave, you're just as guilty. You might It's the same as being the getaway driver. If you are sitting there and somebody whips open their jacket and there's beer bottles full of gas with tube socks stuck in them and your thought isn't, well, i got to stop this person or i got to get away from here. I, this is not what I signed up for. But you just sit there because you're swept up in the moment. You're too stupid. You're too dangerous. You're a threat to society. And you need to be charged just the same way that person is.
1: Or you need to be apprehended just like that person well, right, is yeah, need immediately. To be
3: apprehended and charged. And if you're sitting there while people are being kidnapped and murdered and you're celebrating it like you just hit the $1.4 billion lottery... If somebody unleashed a couple of bombs from a drone up above, I would not care in the least. I wouldn't go, oh my goodness. These people were just civilians. They were they were celebrating murder. They were part of it. Maybe they weren't in the act at the moment, but honestly it's only a matter of time. If you're and what you're you were referring to early
1: what you were referring to earlier, people might be a little puzzled by one of the remarks that you made about this showing restraint, Ted Cruz retweeted um, and added comments to a statement that was issued by our State Department, which basically condemned Hamas for the war and then said, urged Israel, everybody just show some restraint here. Mm -hmm. And Ted Cruz's response was everybody that participated in this response from the State Department needs to be fired today.
3: They won't. They'll be given a keynote address at the 2024 Democratic National Convention. They'll be given tenured professor jobs if they don't have them already waiting for them when they leave the administration. That's what it is. This is this is what the, the terrorists and the terrorism going on right now is what is celebrated, what is cheered, what is advocated for on college campuses across the country. This is it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. In fact, there was a story today uh, about uh, this, this uh, that debacle that happened at NYU Law, I think it was NYU, uh, Law School last year. Right now, they just decided, okay, we're not going to let students have any more speeches at, because this, of the anti-Semitic speech that was made last They didn't condemn it. They just said, okay, everybody, no more speeches. You know, but anyway, let me move on to what's taking place in Washington, Oh, by the way, happy birthday to Fox News. You know, in 1996, today, this was the first day that Fox News uh, started over, uh, and of course, it was Roger Ailes. Did you ever meet Roger Ailes in person? I did not. Oh, man, he was an amazing guy. I had a chance to spend some time with Roger Ailes back when he was exec producer of Russia's TV TV show. show. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and man, oh, man, he was Roger Ailes. There's a lot. Of course, his memory has been sullied, and he never had a chance, yes, to to actually tell his side of the story. But it is hard to believe now that it was 1996 and only 1996 that we actually started getting a different story on news on television.
3: Yeah, they had a really good twenty years there. They did, and then it all went to hell. When Roger, look, whatever Roger did or didn't do, I don't know. I don't care. He wasn't, it, you know. The people who are impacted have the right to feel about it, and I, I don't know what to think on that. Uh, I have my own beliefs, but I'll keep them myself because I don't know and I wasn't there. But. There's no doubt that Fox News changed dramatically since then. And I believe personally, and this is controversial, I believe that Fox News is the is a destructive force in conservatism right now. I think when Roger was there, it wasn't. Uh, after Roger, it has become that. If you watch it, I wrote a piece for The Hill this week, why cable news has become unwatchable. It's something I've been saying forever on the podcast, on the radio, and in other columns, but this one just caught on. You watch... And I know you're friends with some of those people over there, but you watch the television shows. Prime time, daytime doesn't really matter. There are about twelve people they talk to. They all work. Listen, for the network. listen,
1: Derek, Derek. You're right. I do have friends that work there, but guess what? I don't watch it except for the debates, yeah. and once in a while, if there is some special news that I need to see. It's because re- it's,
3: all, it's a conversation that should happen at the that would happen at the, uh, the in the break room. It is right. one host talking to another host and talking to a contributor about things that they know, you know, nuanced things. Hey, let's talk about the war in Ukraine. Let's bring on somebody from reality television who just happens to be under contract. Like, oh, my God, I know how this works. I've been booked. They say, you want to come on next Tuesday, a week away? I'm like, sure. What are we going to talk about? Well, we'll figure that out the day of. And then the day of, they tell you what it is. And it's like, well, what if I don't know anything about it? Well, here's an Associated Press story. And you you think cable news, they and this is the same for MSNBC and CNN, too. You think they vet people. They're not going to put somebody on there who knows nothing. They put people on there who know nothing all the time. They give them an an AP story or some other New York Times story and say, here. What are your thoughts on this? All right. And you go, how can anybody do that? It's a five minute segment with two or three, maybe four people. You get one minute. To two minutes, maybe maximum. You don't think you could talk about anything for two minutes? It's easy, especially when everybody's a raving narcissist and ready to jump in the second you stop to take a breath.
4: It's what you come away
3: dumber from it. It used to be. I have friends. My wife worked at Fox. You know my wife. She worked at Fox. She was a booker. And she was under Roger Ailes' time. You had to be somebody who was directly involved in the story to come on. To, that that was the goal is you get somebody involved in the story or you get a reporter locally reporting on the story or a member of Congress who knows something about it. You know, now it's hey, it's it's the guy who does the weekend show because it's Friday and we got to make sure that we plug the weekend shows. It's not I don't care. It's, I get it's entertainment, but I just wish they'd take the name news out of all of them.
1: I'm telling you, I have friends that are actually real journalists, and they refuse to watch anything. They what they tell me is that American journalism on television is so horrible that mm-hmm. they as as pract, as real they can't watch it. It's unwatchable.
3: I know someone who is a very prominent host on Fox News who was uh, invited to leave unexpectedly. You can try your conclusions who that is, and I was sitting in his office, and I was saying, "This was a couple years ago." And I said, "Why do you talk to these same people all the time?" I'm like, "Well, they're great for ratings," and they would go through the ratings by minute, by minute. And I said, "Well, what you got? You Fox News, you got access to journalists. What?" And he goes, "There aren't really that many journalists, if you think about it." And I thought about it, and like, "Okay, there's two people on Capitol Hill, two people at the White House." somebody for the West Coast, somebody for the South, somebody in Chicago, somebody in London, somebody in Tel Aviv, and maybe somebody in Asia. And, like, that, that's it. Like, my God, there really aren't Good that many grief.
4: people.
3: There really aren't that many people. And if you that's watch – look, I the only show I watch with any regularity is Special Report with, with Brett Baer, uh, mostly because I watched it with, when it was with Britt Hume. But it was it's Special Report, and you watch – This massive news organization, this multi-billion-dollar company, a lot of the times, reporting tonight. The Washington Post is reporting tonight. Why? Why are you citing all? Why aren't you guys citing yourselves? And you go, they, they don't actually have the apparatus for it. They don't have the infrastructure for it. They report. And, you know, half of what MSNBC does on a daily basis is show clips of Fox. Half of what Fox does is <laughs> show Fox.
1: clips of NBC. Yeah,
3: it's show right. clips of MSNBC. And then the uh, the rest of it is what the New York Times and the Washington Post are reporting. Nobody is doing, on television, nobody is doing any original, actual journalism anymore.
1: We have to take a break. Derek Hunt is with me. I want to talk about the speaker situation. Speaker. and speaker? Yeah, well, they got hey, They got this little guy here that likes to bang his gavel like he's really mad, and then kick Pelosi and other people out of their offices. And that showed well, I'll show them, I'll show them, oh, I'll I kick Pelosi that. out of her office.
3: I love. She should have been kicked out of that. Did you see her? Uh, all right, I'll tell you about Andrea Mitchell talking about. This. Look, okay,
1: but I'm going to tell you, no, she shouldn't have, Derek. Yeah, I mean that's just low rent. It's just low rent.
3: No, uh, she should have never been in there in the first place.
1: Okay, that's different than, than this. Uh, she's away. You have 24 hours to get out. Good. Okay, really? That's I wouldn't statement? have given her that much time.
3: I just said, hey, uh, James. I'm knocking on your door. The guys behind me are going to take your stuff. You got as long as it takes them to carry it <laughs> out of here to tell them where to carry it to. Good luck. Then I'd pour some water on her just to check, see if she melts it out loud. (laughs) Sorry
1: about that. Both, we're coming back right after this. Don't go away. She might melt.
0: (laughs) Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. PriorityGoldGuide.com The Saturday morning radio extravaganza is in your ears. Now here's James Golden aka Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC
1: Paula Abdul took us in and she's bringing us out. On this day, 1989 her album Forever Your Girl went to number one. Sixty-four consecutive weeks on the Billboard 200 chart before hitting number one. Longest time it took for an album to ever get to number one on Billboard. Paula Abdul. Everybody bought it just because Scat Cat was on it. You know what? It was that. It, 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 it's still that album. That album did extremely well from her, for her. Oh, yeah. No, it did. She's did. dining
3: out on it. She, yeah, I don't know. Did she have a follow-up that did anything? I don't think she did. I think she'd be taking She had one like,
1: other album that did sort of okay, I think. And and thank you, uh, Ms. Churchill, one of America's premier songwriters, who let me know that it was CUNY. It was the City University of New York where that anti-Semitic speech was. And the dean was there clapping, and everybody was getting along until. toe. And finally, the students at at, C in U, uh, at the City University of New York have had enough with this anti-Semitic stuff going on at the school, and they're protesting it, thankfully. Um, okay, so the House. The All house. the stories, and there are tons of them. One of them that I like best is uh, from the New York Times today, will the motion to vacate be vacated? Yeah. This was apparently some dastardly trick, Derek, hmm. and they got to get rid of it. What do you think?
3: Well, is there thesis that eventually McCarthy's going to end up back in the seat because nobody else Mm-mm. can get enough votes and nobody else really wants it? That nope. Right
1: now, if everything's looking toward Jim Jordan. Donald Trump in- endorsed Jim Jordan. Other conservative leaders today have come out and said it's Jim Jordan. And so I don't know how many of them are but, in the
3: House of Representatives.
1: Aha! And therein lies the question.
3: Yeah, let's see. That kind of matters. Donald Trump—he's very good at running out in front of a parade and being like that guy in Animal House. Grabbing oh, you're baton, doing your Trump hate thing again grabbing, today, huh? No. Well, come on. What? Jim? George, there's two choices there. He's gonna. Which Jim one was jo- more likely George when you looked at it? Which one was more likely when you looked at it? Of course, it was Jim Jordan. I think Jim Jordan would be a mistake. Jim Jordan wants it, though. So whatever. And I don't think Jim Jordan Why would Why do a you mis- think Jim
1: Jordan I would be a Jim mistake? I don't think Jim Jordan.
3: I'm about to tell you. Relax. I don't think Jim Jordan would be a mistake because he couldn't do the job. I think Jim. it's a mistake to take Jim Jordan away from where he is now. There are so few Republicans up there in the House of Representatives. There's a lot of them. But there's so few of them that are worth a damn, so few of them that can ask questions and get answers and know how to interrogate witnesses. There may be two or three of them, him being the best among them, and the speaker is not going to participate in impeachment inquiry hearings. So you move him off the playing field and then you're left with people who go, I have five minutes let me tell you what I think, uh, high constituents back home, I'm on camera, oh, my time has expired. Like That's it. Why would, you, <laughs> why would you remove one of the few people that are effective at this unless you want to remove one of the few people who are effective at this?
1: Well, because he, who else do you have for speaker that could be an effective speaker? I don't, nobody can be an effective speaker with these morons. It's just
3: this is going to be an effective speaker, but it's okay because we don't need an effective speaker. Nothing's going to get done. What you really you don't need somebody to get something done. You need somebody to prevent bad things from happening. That's it for right now. That's what you need. You get a majority in the House and the Senate. You get the White House. Then you need somebody to get things done right now. You just need somebody to make sure that Republicans don't step on a bunch of rakes and end up
1: doing something Democrats want. That's it. But they're going to do that. Wait a minute. They just did that. They just signed on to this this continuing CR. And guess what? That's coming back up again in another 30 days or so. Yeah. We're going to go through the same thing again. And they're going to sign on with Democrats again. And right. And whoever the speaker
3: is, is going to have to do what? They're going to have to do something that keeps the government open. They're going to have to compromise at some point. And that's where you lose me. I get. That Matt Gertz is super Mr. Conservative, and let's be Mr. Conservative. I could tell you some stories, but I won't. But I'm super Mr. Conservative. I wish Conser- you would. I'm super Mr. Conservative. And blah, 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 blah. Like, okay, well, where's your legislative record? Well, shut up. You know, that's always... <laughs> hey, where, where are your accomplishments then, Mr. Super Conservative Record? What What legisl well, I voted for this, and I Okay, everybody voted for that. I don't... Everybody tells you in their <laughs> campaign ads, I led the fight on this I led- well, all that really means is I voted for it. They voted for it that's it they're not down there arm wrestling or putting people in headlocks. I led the fight on this that no you didn't you showed up and you voted for it because your staff are told you probably didn't even know what you were voting for that's how it works, <laughs> but to sit there and go, well we need to we need to get this, that and the other thing to- how do you do it? How do you cut funding for something that's already been funded? going forward how did well we refuse to pass it well then the senate won't pass it and then you shut down the government like i don't care if the government shut down shut down the Derek, government. i you have a
1: call government. for you i have a call for you mm-hmm. i have a call
3: is it somebody who's uh, representing the witch community and the melting no comment? but
1: and I'll, I'll give it a minute before we get to the call because i got to ask you a question first though mm-hmm. okay so apparently you don't like matt getz Gates Apparently you what were you Matt uh, Gates Kevin is Mc- one of those
3: people who is elevated by cable news. I like Matt Gates is a smart guy. Matt Gates is a capable guy. He just doesn't do anything with it except for peacock around and and for, for Well he just television. did
1: something with it. He just really yeah,
3: Kevin Mc- He threw a grenade down his own trench. Nice work, golf clap for you, Matt. He didn't clearly did Dary, not Dary, expect Dary, Dary. he clearly did not expect it to happen that, that McCarthy would withdraw his name and now he's stuck and he's going on uh, Laura Ingram that night he's like, Well, I don't understand why we're taking a recess for a week. We should be here voting for a speaker after speaker after speaker. You can see why he's not thought of as a good strategic thinker. What you really need to do at a time when everybody's focusing on the failures of the Biden administration is give a week straight of Republicans being incompetent and unable to agree even with themselves and just take all that stuff about the Biden administration right off the front pages of the paper. It's a genius move, Matt. Congratulations. But of course, he sits there and he goes, I won't take any PAC money. I won't take any special interest money. And you look up at his district and he wins with 68 percent of the vote, he doesn't have to take any money. But still, he's weirdly fundraising off of this. Why? Because he wants to be able to give that money to other people to ingratiate himself to other members, to raise his profile even further. See, there are two ways to do that in Washington, D.C. in Congress. You can either raise a bunch of money that you don't need like Maxine Waters does. She wins with 80 percent of the vote. She pays her family a whole bunch of money to, quote unquote, campaign. And then she distributes the rest to other Democrats who think, oh, I'm so grateful to Auntie Maxine. Or... And this is the more controversial path. You could actually do something constructive, do something helpful, do something for your cause. And that's a bridge too far for most of these people. It's much easier to raise a bunch of money. Now, Matt might not want to raise it from lobbyists, but he's on Fox every third hour and people throw money at him because they think he's on television. He must be an effective legislator. What are his legislative accomplishments? Again, nothing. But okay.
1: All right. Now let me just ask. You, let me let me just interject here with this.
3: I just I hate people who act as though they've, they're heroes when they're not. I don't like pe- I don't like people who tell you they're smart. I don't like people who tell you they're funny. I don't like people who tell you they're effective. If you're any of those things, we'll know. And if you tell people you are something, the odds go down dramatically that you are.
1: Derek. This current leadership, the leadership with Kevin McCarthy, would you acknowledge that most of the Republican base, conservative base anyway, was unhappy with this agreement that he made with Democrat backing that did nothing to address the out-of-control spending and debt the United States was in? Yep. And also, would you agree that he had, Kevin McCarthy, had problems of credibility in his own caucus.
3: I will, yeah, fine, sure, whatever. But I would also point out that the people who are whining the most, complaining the most up on Capitol Hill, are also partially responsible or largely responsible for nominating a whole bunch of people who should have won tap-in-put elections, but because they were horrible candidates, lost.
1: Right, we have to go to a break. Let's come back. We'll take you, these calls that I have for you. you and I'm, I'm to. You want to p- whine about wish. not
3: having the votes? Then you need to do something to get the votes. And maybe not nominating Doctor Oz and and Walter or no uh, Herschel Walker, not the oh. smartest things to do. Maybe they're not Herschel just because Walker somebody was said a disaster. Like he was a terrible candidate. His embarrassment, but. Who endorsed? Why did he get that nomination? I don't know. Maybe we'll ruminate over that during the break.
1: Oh, here you go with your Trump hate again. We're coming back. Trump?
3: Why would you jump to that? You didn't have to, because I know,
1: because I know you. I know you. you,
3: If it's Trump hate, if that's what comes to mind, there must be a reason in your mind to connect those dots. Maybe because it was him.
1: Nineteen ninety-five, Alanis Morissette goes to number one. Third album, Jagged Little Pill. Six singles out of that. You ought to know. Ironic, you learn. Hand in my pocket. Head over feet. Biggest selling album ever by a female artist. Over 30 million on this one. Alanis Morris said on WABC. Coming back. Derek Hunter's with us. Your call's coming up too. 800 848 wabc
0: Travaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC.
1: 1978 today, Marvin Gaye report from Billboard magazine. Marvin had money problems. $7 million worth of debt. Had filed bankruptcy papers earlier in the year. Yeah. A W.A.B.C. Talk Radio 77, Derek Hunter is with us. Let's go to the telephones. People want to talk with Derek and me. Kevin Edison, New Joyce Europe, yeah. what's up with you? Yes, sir.
6: Yeah, it's Dick Durbin. He's the Senate majority. We're banned do judiciary chair at the same time.
3: Um, so that
6: means Jordan can be speaker and judiciary chair at the same time.
3: Well, there's a difference between the speaker and the majority whip. The majority whip to just make sure that Democrats stay in line. Chuck Schumer isn't on a committee. Chuck Schumer is the majority leader, but the Speaker of the House is a full-time job. You're herding cats constantly. So theoretically, I suppose he could do whatever the hell he wanted to do, but it's is a. Do you want to distract a distracted Jim Jordan, or do you want a fully armed and
1: operational?
3: Space Station, Jim Jordan, up there
1: that would be the question, Kevin, thank you, Jerry in Charlotte. your question for Derek Jerry in Charlotte going once
5: hi sorry i sorry james i I wasn't a question for Derek
7: so much as I saw the horrifying video he shared on Twitter. Mm-hmm. And my thought was the blood the blood of the blood and torture and death of all of these Israelis is on the the hands and backs of every American liberal Jew who voted for biden uh, i'd urge everybody to um go see derek 's Twitter feed. It was a video of Hamas terrorists uh dragging a young girl uh, like a teenage girl already bloodied and beaten out of the trunk of a of a jeep and putting her into the the front of the car. God only knows what they're gonna to do to her before they finally kill
1: her. Wow. Thank it, you for It the was call. a we tweet
3: were... tweeted, I retweeted Joel Rosenberg his tweet yeah. right. with, with my comment. It's it's the top, I won't tweet for the next hour. So you can it'll be at the top of my feed if you want to go see it at Derek A. Hunter.
5: It was it was, Thank it, you. was yep. it was horrifying. Yep. It's horrifying.
4: and
1: events there are. Thank you for calling. We appreciate it. Adam in Mineola. How are you, Adam? <laughs> Good morning, Bo. Good morning, Derek.
8: Hey, Adam. Uh, I'll just piggybacking off that lady, man. I mean, uh, how many Palestinians be getting murdered and beat up and killed up? Ain't nobody talking about them. That wasn't really my subject, though. By, I probably
3: by Palestinians that. would be my guess. That's that's No, the no, no. Because no, no. Yeah, Israelis no, no, aren't yeah. really just going into Palestinian territories and grabbing people off the streets, beating holy hell out of them, killing them or whatever. That's that's a one-way street.
1: Uh, Adam, stay on, on the like line. It. I have to I'll, – I'll deal with you, Adam, when we get back. Stay on the line, Adam, since you didn't get to his question. Derek, tell everybody where they can find you.
3: Patreon.com slash Derek Hunter Podcast or just search Derek Hunter Podcast. The Hill on Wednesdays, Town Hall on uh, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Thursday.
1: Thank you, Derek Hunter. Thank you, James. Coming back, ladies and gentlemen, our number duo of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. We got to stop with news. Noam Laden is coming up with all the news from WABC Newsroom. And then Norm and I will have a chat afterwards. And your calls, of course, always 800 848 WABC. Our number one in Zakan. Coming back right after this.
0: 77 WABC, the crown jewel of American
1: radio. And welcome to our number duo here on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Your calls, welcome 800-848-WABC, 800-848-9222. A lot to discuss. Things going on in Washington, things going on across the oceans. As you heard Noam, Israel under attack. There is war in the Middle East. Again. And Noam is here with me now. Noam, were you as shocked as I was when you woke up, to when you got up today and looked at the headlines and saw that here we are again? War? Is we at war again?
9: Of course. uh, uh, You know, just... Totally shocking that uh, they seem to be completely off guard. It is the last day of a major Jewish holiday. Um, a lot of people out of the country, this is a big time of year for Israelis to go abroad because they have a four or five day window of vacation. And so, my guess is there'll be a lot of people trying to get back into the country, but uh, what we're seeing and what we're witnessing is incredible. And I should tell you, James, just so you know the whole story, my, is, my family is Israeli. So I have uh, people that I've been checking in with in between these newscasts to make sure that they're okay. And thankfully, uh, you know, for them, they are okay, but they're telling just horrendous stories of what they are seeing this morning as they turn on the tube or as they watch on TikTok or wherever they're getting their information from.
1: It is going to be I think I, this will present Israel with a choice, I believe the nature of this attack they will either have to put Hamas in a situation where these attacks cannot happen again, and I mean by that a total defeat of Hamas or the leadership in Israel will come under they're already engulfed in this in in turmoil because of the what what Netanyahu and his government was trying to do with the court system there which had massive protests now you have this i don't under, i don't know how unless there was a total victory here the government of of bb netanyahu can survive this
9: well it is interesting i was sort of flicking on israeli tv to see what they were talking about and just like in any democracy they're covering, of course, this ugly attack, this awful attack that's taking place, that's already taken 22 lives, 500 in the hospital. Of those 500 in the hospital, 200 in serious condition. So that death toll is definitely going to go up a whole lot higher. But as they're doing that, of course, they're talking about whether Benjamin Netanyahu should step down. So they're doing both things at the same time right. because, uh, you know, a surprise attack, you know, what goes right back, you would suggest, on the part of most Israelis, to the military. How could they be caught? off-guard and how could the Prime Minister be caught off-guard
1: it is troubling let me go quickly to another story you raised that this is every week Norm it's another heartbreaking story involving children this teenager that was killed on an MTA bus I've seen the pictures of him it, and and what a waste and every week it's something else we have we had more subway attacks this week it, where Do you think that we're reaching the breaking point here where people are just going to, they have to rely on mass transit. People have to get where they're going. So I guess maybe I've just answered my own question. No, it's not going to be a breaking point, but how do, how does this city continue to operate and not devote enough resources to stop the madness on its public transportation systems?
9: Well, let's separate the two attacks, James. So you had just this horrendous attack on this 13-year-old. It was a 14-year-old who stabbed this 13-year-old on an MTA bus on Staten Island yesterday. And police are saying it was likely a gang attack. The two were members. I mean, it's... Just horrible to think that a thirteen and a fourteen year old are a member of gangs, but that's what police are saying. This was a gang attack. they saw each other when they got on the bus. There were some words exchanged and the fourteen year old uh, a 14 year old pulled out a knife and stabbed this thirteen year old a number of times thankfully they've caught up quickly a retired NYPD sergeant who happened to be in the area caught up with that fourteen year old he's been arrested but now you have a thirteen year old kid dead i mean <laughs> It's sort of mind-boggling and heart-wrenching that a kid so young should be stabbed to death of all things. But then you have the secondary story. What you talk about is you have these other attacks, which are just completely random. Uh, this week you had what was described as a mentally disturbed man taking a bottle, attacking three people outside the Whole Foods. At Whole Foods, th- yeah, right. Yeah, and attacked one person inside the store, attacked one person outside the store, then took down to the subway uh, at the Rockefeller Center stop and attacked a third person. And thankfully they caught up with them and no surprise They're saying he was mentally disturbed. But in the process, three people who were just trying to go about their days were attacked. They're going to be okay, but they'll never really be okay because they were attacked, you know, as they were just trying to go grocery shopping or take the subway.
1: I don't it seems to me that I I, I don't know. Look, maybe I'm wrong. Norm, I don't remember things being like this ever before with so many random attacks, so many. It's like every week there's another report of this happening. Now, I'm not saying it never happened before, but I don't think the frequency, I don't think we've seen anything like this sort of frequency that we're seeing now.
9: There's no doubt we are dealing with a mental health crisis that we just have not figured out because so many of these random attacks are from either with people with mental health issues or or, or homeless. And so that's a big part of it is we just, can't get our head around how to handle with these mental health issues and get these people the help potentially that they need so they won't carry out these attacks. But we've gone through this before, James. I mean, you go back a couple decades ago before Rudy Giuliani came in. Uh, the city was a mess and there was lots of violence and he cleaned it up. And then we went through another period later on. Uh, and each time I feel like we go through these waves And a police commissioner or mayor come in and are able to figure out how to sort of bring it back in. And then here we are again um, with these attacks. Now, I, I will point out, James, at the NYPD held a press conference this week to say that most of the crime numbers over the last quarter, the last four months went down. The one one of the most glaring numbers, though, that went up was attacks on police officers.
1: Yes. You know, no, I'm, I'm almost at a loss for words with all of this. I have never felt as hopeless as I do right now about this city. You have we we have these violent attacks happening. At the same time we have this overload of illegal immigrants. We have New York New Yorkers complaining that they're not getting the resources they need. Budgets are being cut to provide for illegal immigrants at the expense of New Yorkers. We have businesses leaving New York. At the same time, we have uh, some lawmakers calling for even higher taxes, even though the businesses are being pushed out. I mean, there doesn't seem to be any sense that things can get better. That I'm not seeing that right now. It does... Uh- Especially
9: with the migrant situation, no two ways about it. Of course, you have the mayor down in Ecuador today, uh trying to talk to reporters, going on social media, telling anybody who's thinking about crossing the border that New York is the wrong place to go. That we've run out of room. That you'll be in a horrible shelter with 300 people there with you as well. Whether you know that
1: message gets through is not clear because we're but, still but getting. Norm, but no one. You know, you know what you know what they said, some of the immigrants said, "Yeah, they listened to that, and they said, yeah but we 're still coming to New York because we still want to work because they know that we 're that the the governor here is giving them jobs that resources are even if they 're sleeping on the streets here they 're going to have more resources than they have in the country that they 're at right now
9: oh there 's no doubt about that, but in the process. Here's what's interesting, and there's so many political implications about this as well, but this week we talked with uh, a guy who reached out to us, homeless, okay? He reached out to us. He's living in a hotel in Queens that's provided by the city for homeless men. And uh, they help them find jobs. And these are New Yorkers, okay? They're living in this hotel. They are told on Wednesday they have to leave. Why? Because they're going to move in Venezuelan family. So now they take... All these right. guys who are trying to resurrect their lives. They've even found – some of them have found jobs in this Queens neighborhood where this hotel is. And now they're moving them up to the Bronx, to Staten Island, and putting them in a position where obviously it would be much, more, much harder for them to sort of go about their lives. And they're doing it for the people who have illegally crossed the border and have made it here to find room for them. And – Uh, you know, it's, I will, let me just tell you a quick short story, a personal story. Last night I'm at a table, dinner table with a lot of people around it. And these are not Republicans. These are, you know, pretty liberal Democrats and people who've grown up, who've lived here their whole lives. And what are they talking about? They're only talking about how services are being cut because of the migrants. And they're wondering why nobody is going down to the border and doing something about it. Why isn't, you know, and they're asking me, and I don't know the answer, this, like, what is the policy at the border? And I said, well, there is no policy at the border. And so, and these are, again, die, for the most part, die hard liberal Democrats who are saying what is going on. And it'll, so it'll be so interesting. I, I don't know if it'll reflect in this election in November because at least here in the city, it's only city council races and most of them are unopposed. But what it means for next year, I think it's going to, it could be, you know, the Democrats, if they
1: want to hold on. It could be the pivotal issue. It,
9: it, it, well, if you have liberal cities who are not used to, to this issue of the migrants, right? It was always a Texas issue or down south. Here and now it's become an issue here in New York and Chicago. Did you see those mass protests in Chicago? People yes. uh, in Chicago saying, get it, going to the streets and saying, what are you doing? You're giving all of our resources to these yes. people. We need the resources in these communities. We have shootings every day. People are being killed. And now we're going to funnel money away from that to pay to house the migrants. And so, uh, you know, you have um, the mayor of Chicago, who's now <laughs> now going to the southern border as well uh, to try to figure out to stop the flow of migrants into his city as well.
1: Just more photo ops. Let me just return to, and circle back before we let you go to Israel, because uh, John Ketsamotidis just texted. It was something that I did cover with with Joe Rosenberg. And I want to just mention this again, because a lot of people like John are asking this question. OK. What is Iran's involvement here? That $6 billion we just handed to Iran. Now, when Joel answered that, he said he doesn't know whether that $6 billion was actually used to fund these attacks. He had a feeling these attacks had been planned for as well out as a year or at least several months. But there's no question that Iran is behind these attacks. And so I think it's going to be interesting in the days ahead, Norm, to see whether the linkage is made. Between Iran, this nexus between Iran and Hamas, and we already know that Iran was the number one, is the number one country that deals with state-sponsored terrorism. So how deep is this going to run? Well...
9: The People get mad at me when I point this out, but the $6 billion was not money we handed over. It was money that was tied up in banks while we cut off uh, Iran from that money, right? So now they have access to that money. Now, whether that money is now going to support the militants, these Hamas militants, I mean, clearly in the past it has. So the suggestion that it is now, I would say, is accurate, whether – uh, Iran helped plan out this uh, Hamas attack on Israel. You know, uh, very likely they have; they are part of it. Uh, they've been part of previous attacks, um, and so now, of course, the issue is: you know, does Israel want to go? What is Israel going to do? How are they going to respond? Do they they don't want to have ownership of Gaza. It's you know, as people who I know who have served there, as they say, it's it's a hellhole. And you have a million people who are sort of locked in from every side. It's not – they don't want to control the government. So are they going to take out Hamas? What do they do now? Do they take out Hamas and then become the – you know essentially run Gaza? I don't think Israel wants to do that. So I, they're in a very complicated uh, position, but they have to respond clearly and they have to take out these terrorists. And, of, and of course, in the process on both sides of the uh, uh, Israel and in the Gaza Strip, there will be lots of innocent people who are killed in the process, which is, of course, the horrendous part of it.
1: Well, as I said to Joel, um, we're praying for your family there and your friends. Thank you. Norm Hope, everybody comes out okay with this. It is a stunning story to wake up to. It is horrific that we already have the loss of life that we have over there. This is total war. This is not, as uh, Benjamin Netanyahu said, this is not going to be a limited operation. This is total war. So the days ahead are going to be pretty... Uh, tense-filled with looking at what takes place over in Israel. Thank you, Noam. Appreciate you. Of course. Always
9: great talking with you, James.
1: WABC Talk Radio 77. We're going to get to your calls. If you're on hold, stay on hold. Nick. John Cougar. No, who is this? Chet Powers, The Young Bloods. Oh, okay. Thank you. Oh, That's birthday, Chet Powers, American singer-songwriter. On, Did this one? This, know one. this one? I should have known brother, this. Get together, try to love one another one ride now. now. Oh yeah, the Young Bloods. His birthday today on WABC so, Talk Radio seventy-seven. Coming so, back, your calls. And a lot more. Do not go away.
0: The Saturday morning radio extravaganza.
7: James, welcome aboard. Nice to see you again, sir. Now,
0: here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snertley, on 77 WABC.
1: Birthday today for and Cooper, British blues group, the Climax Blues Band. Couldn't get it right. Cooper died of cancer. He was 69 years old back in 2008, but the music, of course, lives on. Climax Blues Band on on WABC. Listen, I want to remind everybody, 77 WABC listeners, to join us on October 20th at 77 WABC and Ramsey Mazda Back the Blue. With special programming all day long to all police officers everywhere, we thank you for your honor, dedication, as you protect and you serve. You can download the 77 WABC app. Listen all day, October 20th, WABC, Back to Blue. And we do this every year, October 20th. Keep it here, Back to Blue. Mark your calendar. You're not going to want to miss it. Adam in Mineola, we hold you over because you didn't get to your question with Derek. So I'll take it now. How are you again, uh-huh. Adam?
8: Uh well, I got a couple
1: of questions, but
8: are, are those same guys that uh, invaded the Capitol on January 6th, are they going to participate in back in the blue, sir? They're
1: going to be a little busy, Adam, as you know. Most of them, and this is not a laughing matter, most of them have had the book thrown at them for walking into, and I'm not talking about those that vandalized. and I make this distinction all the time. The people that vandalized the Capitol, the people that inflicted or tried to inflict harm on police officers, they deserve to be prosecuted. They deserve everything it gets. But my question to you, Adam, Mr. Smart Alec, is why is it those January six people get more time than any of the Antifa people that try to destroy D.C. during Trump's inauguration? Not one of them ever got any serious jail time. How come those January six people got more time than the people that tried to take over Portland and held that city captive for a month, and in fact tried to bomb federal office buildings? Why is that, Adam? My question for you, Adam, is what about the? Uh, notion that right now your FBI has declared Trump MAGA supporters to be domestic terrorists. Doesn't that bother you, Adam? I'm waiting for answers, Adam. That does not bother me, sir. That's what they Of course it doesn't. Of course it doesn't. Because you are so biased that you don't even understand that when you upset the pillar of law and order, which is the only thing that keeps society stable And when you weaponize the government to go after political opponents, you are basically destroying the fabric of America. And, of course, that doesn't bother liberals. They're just hell-bent on revenge. Let's get those people we don't like, those Republicans, and let's just beat them over the head using the legal system. You see right now, they're trying to actually destroy Donald Trump's ability to do business. And, thankfully, an appeals court stepped in the way and said, hey, 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 not so fast. Now he wanted them to stop the trial. They did not stop the trial and postpone it, but they did say this business of you dissolving his business certificates. No. This is this, this persecution that Donald Trump is going to with the rogue DL the rogue DA Letitia James and this judge who seems to be just a Democrat crony. But you don't find anything problematic about that, do you, Adam? Did you just see what
8: your news break just said about the guy testifying against Alan
1: Weisselberg? Did you just? Yeah, see I that? heard. I heard it. I heard it. He said okay, he did it man. because the you C. Know. He said he did it because the CFO of the company instructed him to. He didn't say anything okay, about that's... Trump. All right. That's and if fine. the CFO did that, if the CFO did that, then the CFO will be held to account for it. But you, this has been an all-out attack that was announced and telegraphed way before Trump even took office. Letitia James was out saying she was going to get him. Is that the way you think justice should operate in the United States, Adam? If you do a crime, you got to do the time, No, Trump. do you think that a prosecutor should just go after you and say, "Ha, ah, I'm going to target you and we're going to look for something to get? That is not the way that law and order works in the United States. That is not the way that the system of justice was set up to operate. I'm sorry you failed civics class on that one, Adam. <laughs> okay. Now, you well. wanted to talk you wanted to talk about the speaker. What was it that you wanted to address about the Speaker of the House? I'm
8: kind of feeling sorry for him because, you know, it's like everybody flipped him. McCarthy. You feel sorry for Kevin McCarthy? Why? Because he was trying, He was actually making. You know, he was doing the work of the Congress that they're supposed to do, make deals with everybody, and get bills passed. And 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 those eight people, not the whole Republican Party, the eight idiots. They 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 put that 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 wham in there to get him out of there, man. That was bull crap.
1: Oh my goodness, Adam. Yeah. Let's yeah. let's parse this from the beginning. Kevin McCarthy took 15 votes to get in his speaker because people didn't trust him to keep his word. He made a deal. He said he was going to restore Congress back to regular order. Do you have any idea what that means, Adam? That means that we would go through the normal process of doing appropriations, which Congress is constitutionally charged to do. That means... That they should have been using this time since McCarthy has been Speaker to have all the committees, the 12 committees that are tasked with appropriations do the appropriations bill. We have had 100 continuing resolutions to fund this government. That is not the way the government is supposed to be funded. Kevin McCarthy broke his word. He didn't do that. He got called out on it. He got called out for not keeping his promises. He got called out for working with Democrats, your buddies, to keep this massive spending that we cannot afford going. He refused to listen to the conservative base that sent him there to actually say, okay, if we're going to do this dance again, we want some spending cuts. But people like you, your party, Adam, you people don't believe in actually sound fiscal management. You just want to print and spend money that we don't have. And so he got called out on it. And now you feel sorry for him. Oh, 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 boo-hoo.
8: So locker room Jim is going to put to do something better than McCarthy now. That's what you're saying.
1: Locker room Jim, there's a smear. All of these charges meant to smear (laughs) Jim Jordan. (laughs) Just that smears. We'll have to see who the... I'm glad you think this is funny. As your nation is swirling the drain, you find all, every reason you can to laugh about the predicament. This is just amazing. Sir, oh, Adam, that, Adam, Adam, that I just Adam. Just
8: say one more thing, sir, about Israel. If you look, read yes. the Old Testament, Hezekiah and all those people that that all those old prophets in the Old Testament. Every time they did, they got they did wrong, they got the Lord angry, and He let stuff happened to them. So I'm figuring that whatever's happening in Israel is because of something that they did. Do you agree with that, sir?
1: I'm going to read from you a a, a I'm going to read from you if I can find it real quick something that I predicted this morning. Um, and it was basic. Here it is. I found it on my Twitter account. Prediction. This is from what I tweeted out. Let's see what time this was. Three hours ago. Prediction. It will not take long before the anti-Israeli leftists on social media began their assault and blame Israel for the attack launched against them by Hamas. Tick tock. So you have just answered that prediction with accuracy. <laughs> Didn't take long at all. For you to blame Israel for being attacked, it's Israel's fault, and you're going to use the Bible as a basis. Shame on you, Adam. Shame for shame for shame on you.
8: I love you, man. You. I love
1: you too. You have a good day. I'll catch you, too, <laughs> you later. Sir. Thank you. All right, WABC Talk. These people are predictable. They are so predictable. Yes, of course, they're going to find a way to blame Israel. Just like my dear friend Adam here. The left is the left is the left. They are the left, and they will respond like the left in any circumstance. Later on today, we have Princess Di coming up with us. Your telephone call is welcome, of course, 800 848 wabc Time for us to check in with the morning dance. Oh, this is where we get up. We stretch it out. It's the midway part of the program. Nick is up grooving and moving. T's up. I'm up. Spyro gyra. This is the part of the program every week, my friends. We move the body, get the body moving, and get all those good things flowing about as we listen to the music, the relaxing music of Spiro and the morning dance on WABC. We're coming back. Your calls are part of it. Keep it right here on WABC.
0: Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, AKA Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC.
1: One of my favorite songs of all time. This is Kansas. Dust. In the wind. Birthday to day for David Hope, the American rock band
4: Kansas.
1: This went up to number three on the charts back then, 1978. Oh, Truly a profound and beautiful song.
4: song,
1: We're going to see if we can uh, play back. And we rarely do this, but we had an interview for those of you that weren't with us during the first hour. We had an interview with Joel Rosenberg from Israel. Joe called us from Israel. And we're seeing now whether we can get that up in time to play it back in the next hour at some point, because it is chilling when you hear what is going on over in Israel today. And of course, our, pro- our prayers are with those. And we hope that those of you that have family and friends over there, that everyone is going, that everything will come out okay with it. This is a full scale war. I want to pay attention also to the events here. I talked about a story yesterday, and then I wrote something about it on my on my Twitter feed, and it has taken off. It has over 300,000 views. So before I get to that, let me just go through the story again. This was a Fox story. Forty-five Republicans are calling for the House rules to be overhauled after Kevin... Was dismissed.
4: Kevin!
1: Yeah, they got mad at Kevin. Kevin's gone. These 45 Republicans say they are ashamed, ashamed and embarrassed. House Republicans say of the ouster of Kevin McCarthy, the injustice we all witness cannot go unaddressed a group of nearly four dozen House Republicans demanding a dramatic overhaul to the chamber rules after House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's historic ouster. The injustice we all witness cannot go unaddressed, lest we bear responsibility for the consequences that follow. Our conference must address fundamental changes to the structure of our majority to ensure success for the American people. 45 House GOP lawmakers said in a letter to colleagues they released on Thursday. The lawmakers said they were ashamed and embarrassed by this episode that saw Kevin McCarthy deposed. They were ashamed and embarrassed, and that is where I took off on Twitter. And with this, notice how angry certain Republicans are that Kevin McCarthy got deposed. Forty-five of them wrote a letter, tell the mainstream press that they are embarrassed and ashamed of what has transpired. Where is the embarrassment? Over not having a real spending bill to control the outrageous nonstop waste of taxpayer dollars that goes on in Washington, D.C. Where is the shame over our open borders? Where's the embarrassment over letting Donald Trump's presidency be subjected to spying from Intel, the FBI, the phony Russian collusion hoax with zero accountability? Where's the shame over letting the left get away with turning our schools into indoctrination centers and then leaving it to mothers to combat it? Where's the embarrassment over allowing elections to be run in a manner that leaves half the country believing that they're unfairly run? These people moan and groan when their Capitol building was invaded, but they do nothing when our country is invaded and rogue DAs allow criminals to roam the streets to prey on helpless, innocent citizens. They are feckless, they are spineless, and they are despicable. They keep crying over Kevin McCarthy while the rest of the country is crying over the state of this nation. And that is exactly right, folks. Imagine that. They're embarrassed because Kevin McCarthy gets tossed out for breaking his promises that he made, he willingly made when he took up the Speaker mantleship. They're embarrassed and they're ashamed. What have they done? What have they done about any of the things that you sent them there to do? Where is the complete and thorough investigation into Joe Biden and his family? There's a story today about Hunter Biden. That's just one of the, the last. The story today you can find it all over certain media. certain media won't certain media won't cover it. The story is that Hunter Biden raided his own child's education fund. I believe it was a $40,000 spent the money on hookers and drugs, which is by the way, illegal to raid his own kids fund like that. And this is while he was blanking the sister-in-law. He's blanking his sister-in-law. He raised his own kids. Educational fund goes out, spends the money He's cheating on his sister-in-law. I mean, just 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 wrap that around your brain. He's cheating on his own sister-in-law, his dead brother's wife, who he's boinking. He's cheating on her with prostitutes while he's out doing drugs, and he raised the kids' education fund to do it. Washington Examiner, you can find that story. Hunter Biden cheated on his sister-in-law with hookers, funded by his daughter's college fund. Yet, yet, with the $20 million flowing into the Biden family, all we have is an inquiry so far. But they're not ashamed. These Republicans are not ashamed they're not ashamed of never getting to the bottom of what happened during the Obama years with Joe Biden with 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 uh with Benghazi or with any of the other scandals that took place during those years. They're not ashamed for not standing up as this ESG stuff swept across the nation. They're not ashamed of not standing up to the military being defunded they're not ashamed but they're ashamed and embarrassed because Kevin McCarthy poor Kevin got tossed out of his job that is what will get 45 of them all together to write a letter we're embarrassed and we're in shame you people took out these people these radical conservatives took out Kevin McCarthy I'm going to say it again. I have not said publicly anything that would indicate to anybody what my thoughts are of Matt Gates. Instead, I'm focusing on the issue. And Matt Gates when he said this is why I'm doing this, outlined issues. And those issues were Kevin McCarthy's promises that he made to the Republican caucus that he did not keep part of that was to restore regular order so that we would have a sane budget process and he made other promises which he didn't keep and that is why at least that's the official reason why kevin's not there right now and so what do you hear out of the mainstream press and what do you hear out of some of the establishment press well you know we lost a terrific fundraiser with Kevin he he's he's responsible how about him doing this is the reason how about him doing what he said he was going to do this is the reason that rank and file republicans can't stand their own party they see them as a bunch of feckless cowards who don't tell the truth they'll pick on other republicans But where were these Republicans all during the Donald Trump years to throw some shade on Donald Trump? No, instead you had Paul Ryan and his ilk throwing knives, political knives, in Donald Trump's back. When he was trying to build a wall, when he was trying to get immigration under control, when he was trying to make sure that the tax cuts would go through when he was trying to bring some order to the chaos that the swamp has created, what did these moderate Republicans do? Absolutely nothing to support Donald Trump. Where are they now when a weaponized legal system is up against Donald Trump as punishment? These 45 leaders, they're not embarrassed. They're not ashamed that this is taking place in America. To a former president, they could care less. But they're ashamed and embarrassed because old Kevin got the boot. Well, then KMA. James Golan, a.k.a. Sterling on WABC Talk Radio 77. You know this one. Birthday today, Tony Braxton. Her biggest hit, Unbreak My Heart. Me, in me
4: out in the Come back
1: and bring back smile. Come and take these tears away. Your call is coming up. 800-848-WABC. Don't go away.
0: The Saturday morning, radio extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snertly, on 77 WABC. Now look at you, walking in here looking all pretty and angry and mean and good. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, baby. I know you didn't get your head
3: down, so you could just sit down and just sit still. Hey, we're trying to have a
4: good time tonight. Let's go, baby. Let's go,
1: baby. baby. Tomorrow. It is his birthday. Bruno Mars. That's where I keep my pins. Instagram and your Twitter. Happy birthday to Bruno Mars a day early here on WABC.
10: You think he was a friend of James Brown or not?
1: Boy, this is such a rip. But I love just like it's almost a tribute to James Brown. You know, this is This is straight up James Brown. Come on baby, I love you. No you don't. Can't say I won't. All right, let's head back to the telephones here on WABC. Rick in Elmwood Park, you've been hanging for a while, Rick. What's on your mind this morning? Welcome to Saturday morning.
9: Thanks for taking my call, James. I wanted to tell you I'm shooting for the hat trick of climate change debates with Anthony Weiner today.
1: Really? I got. Well, that ought to be black. that. Mm-hmm. Go I ahead.
11: Two in the last weekend.
1: Awesome. Well, that ought to be interesting. and Let us know how it turns out, my man. You know, there's a lot of news about this climate stuff. In fact, I did a podcast about it. You can find it, all the podcasts. Uh, it is uh, Everything is Golden podcast. You can find it, Red Apple Media podcast. Go to our website or find it wherever you find podcasts with Red Apple Media podcast. Um, and I did a lot on the climate, including there's a story that didn't get much attention, and I put it in the podcast about the plight of the poor whales environmental groups are trying to save the right whales they are under threat and their breeding grounds are in florida and what they're looking at is you know all these measures because they say that the whale is in danger they have to save it and i did the story but i also wonder why these same environmentalists don't care that whales are beaching themselves like crazy in numbers we've never seen before and a lot of the science is telling us it's because of these wind farms that liberals have insisted on putting down in the oceans. And they, none of them will talk about that. So they care about some whales, but the whales that die or could be dying from their green energy policies, oh, those whales are just, I guess, expendable. Make them sushi. Let's go to Bill in Franklin, New Jersey. Bill, you're up next on WABC. It's the Saturday morning radio extravaganza.
11: Enjoy the format of your show. It's very informing. Uh, I'd like to say that with immigration, that the countries that are sending us this people, aren't we giving them economic aid to avoid this? In other words, some of them.
1: Yes. Yes, we are. And and you don't need other words. We are giving economic aid, and this is part of what Kamala Harris was out touting as our supporters are. We are sending aid to some of these countries so that they can improve the lives there and people won't feel the need to get past the border. It's wasted money, I guess, is your point, Bill. Is that your point?
11: Well, I was going to say that I think we should deduct it from their, their next check that they get the cost of what it's going to cost us to take care of these people. And then the oligarchs will finally get the hint over there and they might start to try to do something in the government to avoid losing money.
1: Here's the thing. You have people coming into the United States now. The last I heard the number was from 150 different countries. They are pouring in through the southern borders because they are porous. What this is going to take is a massive political will to shut down the borders. The asylum program is a joke. People are not being vetted. The Biden administration has come up with an app where people, all they have to do is sign on to the app and walk into the country. Again, they are not being vetted. This is deliberate malfeasance on the part of this government. There are so many aspects of this. America's immigration system needs a complete overhaul. And by the way, those of you who listen regularly know that I don't just blame Joe Biden. Our immigration system has been a mess. I talked to Lou Dobbs yesterday. We do we run Lou Dobbs' um, uh, market reports during our weekly show, Boston earlys Rush Hour. And I had a... Chance, very grateful to interview Lou Dobbs yesterday. Lou Dobbs has been warning us about this immigration issue for over 30 years. And I had to laugh because one of the bios of him, he's anti-immigrant. He's married to a Mexican-American. They never put that in there. He's not anti-immigrant. He's anti-illegal immigration. But this has been a failure. This is one of the other things. Like I said, Congress is not embarrassed by this failure. They're not ashamed of this failure. They're ashamed that old Kevin's gone. It's disgraceful. Tom in the Bronx, you're up next on WABC.
12: Yes, uh, Mr. Golden. I'd like to say that Gaza has been mismanaged from day one. And Gaza should have been put under the... Control of the United Nations, where they ran it like a colony. So too, the uh, the place called uh, uh, the the other one, the south of Saudi Arabia, that country over there, should have been run the same way because all that's happened was constant mayhem. If they put it under the UN originally, like Gaza and Yemen, the places, other places, Yemen is a at least there would have been a, a civil logic going on which taking Okay places. so
1: Tom you believe that the blue helmets should have come in and run Gaza I Always. will tell you this I trust nothing that the UN is involved in period and I'll just leave it at that In terms of any government I'm not saying the UN doesn't do a few good things yeah yeah Halloween's coming UNICEF and all of that but um Really? Anything under control of the U.N.? No, thank you. Susan in Finger Lakes, you are up next on WABC.
5: Hi, James. Um, Susan. You know,
1: um, yes? I'm, I'm going to put you back on hold, and I'm going to come to you next hour. The music has started, which means we got to go, and I don't want to shortchange you. I want to listen to every precious word you have to say. So just be a little more patient with me. I'll be back with you as soon as I can. Our number duo in the can. In our number trio, we will hear from Her Majesty, Princess Di. We will hear from you. Your telephone calls at 800-848-WABC. All happening on the third hour of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Keep it right here. On WABC, Noam Laden, our brilliant news director, is here with us. We're going to check in with WABC News and come back right after this. From what I tweeted out, let's see what time this was, three hours ago. Prediction, it will not take long before the anti-Israeli leftists on social media began their assault and blame Israel for the attack launched against them by Hamas. TikTok. So you have just answered that prediction with accuracy. <laughs> Didn't take long at all for you to blame Israel for being attacked. It's Israel's fault. And you're going to use the Bible as a basis. Shame on you, Adam. Shame for shame for shame on you.
8: I love you, man. You are. I love
1: you too. You have a good day. I'll catch you too, later. Sir. Thank you. All right, WABC talk. These people are predictable. They are so predictable. Yes, of course they're going to find a way to blame Israel. Just like my dear friend Adam here, the left is the left is the left. They are the left, and they will respond like the left in any circumstance. Later on the day, we have Princess Di coming up with us. Your telephone calls welcome, of course, 800 848 WABC. Time for us to check in with the morning dance. Oh, this is where we get up, we stretch it out. It's the midway part of the program. Nick is up, grooving and moving. T's up, I'm up. Spiral Jara. This is the part of the program every week, my friends. We move the body, get the body moving, and get all those good things flowing about as we listen to the music, the relaxing music of Spira Gyra, and the morning dance on WABC. We're coming back. Your calls are part of it. Keep it right here on WABC.
0: Saturday morning, Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, AKA Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC.
1: One of my favorite songs of all time. This is Kansas. Dust. In the Wind. Birthday day for David Hope, the American As rock band Kansas. This went up to number three on the charts back then, 1978. Truly, a profound and beautiful song. We're going to see if we can uh, play back, and we rarely do this, but we had an interview for those of you that weren't with us during the first hour. We had an interview with Joel Rosenberg from Israel. Joe called us from Israel. And we're seeing now whether we can get that up in time to play it back in the next hour at some point because it is chilling when you hear what is going on over in Israel today. And, of course, our our prayers are with those. And we hope that those of you that have family and friends over there, that everyone is going, that everything will come out okay with it. This is a full-scale war. I want to pay attention also to the events here I talked about a story yesterday, and then I wrote something about it on my on my Twitter feed. And it has taken off. It has over 300,000 views. So before I get to that, let me just go through the story again. This was a Fox story. Forty-five Republicans are calling for the House rules to be overhauled after Kevin was dismissed
4: Kevin
1: yeah they got mad at Kevin Kevin's gone these forty five Republicans say they are ashamed ashamed and embarrassed House Republicans say of the ouster of Kevin McCarthy the injustice we all witness cannot go unaddressed a group of nearly four dozen House Republicans demanding a dramatic overhaul to the chamber rules after House Speaker Kevin McCarthy's historic ouster. The injustice we all witness cannot go unaddressed, lest we bear responsibility for the consequences that follow. Our conference must address fundamental changes to the structure of our majority to ensure success for the American people, 45 House GOP lawmakers said in a letter to colleagues they released on Thursday. The lawmakers said they were ashamed and embarrassed by this episode that saw Kevin McCarthy deposed. They were ashamed and embarrassed. And that is where I took off on Twitter and with this. Notice how angry certain Republicans are that Kevin McCarthy got deposed. Forty five of them wrote a letter, tell the mainstream press that they are embarrassed and ashamed of what has transpired. Where is the embarrassment over not having a real spending bill to control the outrageous nonstop waste? Of taxpayer dollars it goes on in Washington DC where is the shame over our open borders where's the embarrassment over letting Donald Trump's presidency be subjected to spying from Intel the FBI the phony Russian collusion hoax with zero accountability where's the shame over letting the left get away with turning our schools into indoctrination centers and then leaving it to mothers to combat it. Where's the embarrassment over allowing elections to be run in a manner that leaves half the country believing that they're unfairly run? These people moan and groan when their Capitol building was invaded, but they do nothing when our country is invaded And rogue DAs allow criminals to roam the streets to prey on helpless, innocent citizens. They are feckless, they are spineless, and they are despicable. They keep crying over Kevin McCarthy while the rest of the country is crying over the state of this nation. And that is exactly right, folks. Imagine that. They're embarrassed because Kevin McCarthy gets tossed out for breaking his promises that he made, he willingly made when he took up the Speaker mantleship. They're embarrassed and they're ashamed. What have they done? What have they done about any of the things that you sent them there to do? Where is the complete and thorough investigation into Joe Biden and his family? There's a story today. About Hunter Biden, that's just one of the, the last the story today you can find it all over certain media. certain media won't certain media won't cover it. The story is that Hunter Biden raided his own child's education fund. I believe it was a forty thousand dollars, spent the money on hookers and drugs which is, by the way, illegal, to raid his own kid's fund like that. And this is while he was boinking the sister-in-law. He's boinking his sister-in-law. He raids his own kid's educational fund, goes out, spends the money. He's cheating on his sister-in-law. I mean, just, just, just wrap that around your brain. He's cheating on his own sister-in-law, his dead brother's wife, who he's boinking. He's cheating on her with prostitutes while he's out doing drugs, and he raised the kids' education fund to do it. Washington Examiner, you can find that story. Hunter Biden cheated on his sister-in-law with hookers, funded by his daughter's college fund. Yet yet, with the $20 million flowing into the Biden family, all we have is an inquiry so far. But they're not ashamed. These Republicans are not ashamed. They're not ashamed of never getting to the bottom of what happened during the Obama years with Joe Biden, with, 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 uh, with Benghazi, or with any of the other scandals that took place during those years. They're not ashamed for not standing up as this ESG stuff swept across the nation, they're not ashamed of not standing up to the military being defunded. They're not ashamed, but they're ashamed and embarrassed because Kevin McCarthy, poor Kevin, got tossed out of his job. That is what will get 45 of them all together to write a letter. We're embarrassed and we're in shame. You people took out these people, these radical conservatives took out Kevin McCarthy. I'm going to say it again. I have not said publicly anything that would indicate to anybody what my thoughts are of Matt Gates. Instead, I'm focusing on the issue. And Matt Gates when he said, this is why I'm doing this, outlined issues. And those issues were Kevin McCarthy's promises that he made to the Republican caucus that he did not keep. Part of that was to restore regular order so that we would have a sane budget process. And he made other promises, which he didn't keep. And that is why... At least that's the official reason why Kevin's not there right now. And so, what do you hear out of the mainstream press, and what do you hear out of some of the establishment press? Well, you know, we lost a terrific fundraiser with Kevin. He, he's, he's responsible. How about him doing? This is the reason. How about him doing what he said he was going to do? This is the reason that rank and file Republicans can't stand their own party. They see them as a bunch of feckless cowards who don't tell the truth. They'll pick on other Republicans. But where were these Republicans all during the Donald Trump years to throw some shade on Donald Trump? No, instead you had Paul Ryan and his ilk throwing knives, political knives, in Donald Trump's back when he was trying to build a wall, when he was trying to get immigration under control, when he was trying to make sure that the tax cuts would go through, when he was trying to bring some order to the chaos that the swamp has created, what did these moderate Republicans do? Absolutely nothing to support Donald Trump. Where are they now when a weaponized legal system is up against Donald Trump as punishment? These 45 leaders, they're not embarrassed. They're not ashamed that this is taking place in America. To a former president, they could care less. But they're ashamed and embarrassed because old Kevin got the boot. Well, then KMA. James Golan, a.k.a. Sterling on WABC Talk Radio 77. You know this one. Birthday Day, Toni Braxton. Her biggest hit, Unbreak My Heart. Your call is coming up 800 848 WABC. Don't go away.
0: This is the Saturday Morning Radio Extravaganza. Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snertley, on 77 WABC.
1: Look at you walking in here looking
3: all pretty and angry and mean and good.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, baby. I know you didn't get your head down, so you can just sit down and just sit still. Hey, we're trying to have a good time tonight. Let's go, baby. Let's go, baby. Tomorrow. No, it's not. It is his birthday. Come on. I bet you want an autograph. Bruno Mars. Got to do it in the penthouse. That's where I keep my pens. Instagram, and your Twitter. Whoa, wait
12: a you
4: need a a up.
1: Happy birthday to Bruno Mars, a day early here on WABC. You think he was
10: a friend of James Brown or not?
1: Boy, this is such a rip, <laughs> but I love just like it's almost a tribute to James Brown, you know, this is sure this is straight up James Brown. Sure right. Come on, baby, I love you. No, you no, don't. You don't. You never know I might, though. Can't say, I, Can't say I won't. All right, let's head back to the telephones here on WABC. Rick in Elmwood Park, you've been hanging for a while, Rick. What's on your mind this morning? Welcome to Saturday Morning.
9: Thanks for taking my call, James. I wanted to tell you I'm shooting for the hat trick of climate change debates with Anthony Weiner today.
1: Really?
11: I got well. That ought to be black. that.
1: Mm-hmm. I Go got ahead.
11: Two in the last weekend.
1: Awesome. Well, that ought to be interesting. And let us know how it turns out, my man. You know, there's a lot of news about this climate stuff. In fact, I did a podcast about it. You can find it all the podcasts. Uh, it is uh, everything is golden podcast. You can find it at Red Apple Media Podcast. Go to our website or find it wherever you find podcasts with Red Apple Media Podcast. Um, And I did a lot on the climate, including there's a story that didn't get much attention, and I put it in the podcast about the plight of the poor whales. Environmental groups are trying to save the right whales. They are under threat, and their breeding grounds are in Florida, and what they're looking at is, you know, all these measures, because they say that the whale is in danger, they have to save it. And I did the story. But I also wonder why these same environmentalists don't care that whales are beaching themselves like crazy in numbers we've never seen before. And a lot of the science is telling us it's because of these wind farms that liberals have insisted on putting down in the oceans. And they none of them will talk about that. So they care about some whales. But the whales that die or could be dying from their green energy policies, oh, those whales are just, I guess, expendable. Make them sushi. Let's go to Bill in Franklin, New Jersey. Bill, you're up next on WABC. It's the Saturday morning radio extravaganza.
11: Enjoy the format of your show. It's very informing. Uh, I'd like to say that with immigration, that, the countries that are sending us this people aren't we giving them economic aid to avoid this in other words some you know, of them sending-
1: yes yes we are and and you don't need other words we are giving economic aid and this is part of what kamala harris was out touting as our supportive Borders are we are sending aid to some of these countries so that they can improve the lives there and people won't feel the need to get past the border It's wasted money, I guess, is your point, Bill. Is that your point?
11: Well, I was going to say that I think we should deduct it from their their next check that they get, the cost of what it's going to cost us to take care of these people. And then the oligarchs will finally get the hint over there, and they might start to try to do something in the government to avoid losing money.
1: Here's the thing. You have people coming into the United States now. The last I heard, the number was from one 150 different countries. They are pouring in through the southern borders because they are porous. What this is going to take is a massive political will to shut down the borders. The asylum program is a joke. People are not being vetted. The Biden administration has come up with an app where people, all they have to do is sign on to the app and walk into the country. Again, they are not being vetted. This is deliberate malfeasance on the part of this government. There are so many aspects of this. America's immigration system needs a complete overhaul. And by the way, those of you who listen regularly know that I don't just blame Joe Biden. Our immigration system has been a mess. I talked to Lou Dobbs yesterday. We do. We run Lou Dobbs um, uh, Market Reports during our weekly show, Boston Rush Hour. And I had a chance, very grateful to interview Lou Dobbs yesterday. Lou Dobbs has been warning us about this immigration issue for over 30 years. And I had to laugh because one of the bios of him, he's anti-immigrant. He's married to a Mexican-American. They never put that in there. He's not anti-immigrant. He's anti-immigrant illegal immigration. But this has been a failure. This is one of the other things. Like I said, Congress is not embarrassed by this failure. They're not ashamed of this failure. They're ashamed that old Kevin's gone. It's disgraceful. Tom in the Bronx, you're up next on WABC.
12: Yes, uh, Mr. Golden. I'd like to say that Gaza has been mismanaged from day one. And Gaza should have been put under the control of the United Nations where they ran it like a colony. So, too, the uh, the place called uh, uh, the, the other one, the south of Saudi Arabia, that country over there, should have been run the same way because all that's happened was constant mayhem. If they put it under the U.N. originally like Gaza... And Yemen, the places, other places, Yemen. Is the, at least there would have been a, a civil logic going on,
1: which takes Okay, places. so Tom, you believe that the blue helmets should have come in and run Gaza? I Always. will tell you this: I trust nothing that the UN is involved in. Period, and I'll just leave it at that. In terms of any government, I'm not saying the U.N. doesn't do a few good things. Yeah, yeah, Halloween's coming, UNICEF and all of that. But um really, anything under control of the U.N.? No, thank you. Susan, in Finger Lakes, you are up next on WABC.
5: Hi, James. Um, Susan. You know, um, yes?
1: I'm going to put you back on hold and I'm going to come to you next hour. The music has started, which means we got to go. And I don't want to shortchange you. I want to listen to every precious word you have to say. So just be a little more patient with me. I'll be back with you as soon as I can. Our number duo in the can. In our number trio, we will hear from Her Majesty Princess Di. We will hear from you. Your telephone calls at 800-848-WABC. All happening on the third hour of our Saturday morning radio extravaganza. Keep it right here on WABC. Noam Laden, our brilliant news director, is here with us. We're going to check in with WABC News and come back right after this. This
0: is New York's talk leader the crown jewel of talk radio. WABC New York and 1071 WLIR Hampton Bays 77 WABC News starts now.
9: 66 raining on this Saturday, October 7th. Good morning, I'm um, Noam um, Laden. New York City's flash flood emergency plans gone to an effect this morning with heavy showers rolling in. First Deputy Mayor Sheena Wright says the city is ready to respond to the flooding.
13: We are encouraged urging New Yorkers to plan ahead as the ground is still saturated.
0: It's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC, the crown jewel of
1: American radio. I can't believe what I just heard. No one played it. You heard it. You heard Mayor Adams. Well, if building the wall is part of that strategy, then then if it's... That's okay, Nick. That's okay. Uh, Just, never mind. If, if if the wall, if building that wall is part of the strategy, well, then I guess we just have to go along with the strategy. Uh, uh, Ditto. Are you kidding me? Are you, you have to be kidding me. He said it. He said that. Did you get him, Nick? Is he, is he around? That's okay. Okay. I'll, I'll 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 just I'll I will i will i will just i will i am just in stunned disbelief. Mayor Adams actually said that. These are the people. Don't you remember when Donald Trump said we're going to build a wall? We're going to build a wall. Going to build a wall, and Mexico going to pay for it. Going to build a wall, they're going to pay for it. And these people lost their minds. They lost their ever loving. He's such a xenophobe. He's
12: anti-Mexican. He doesn't like brown people. He doesn't like people of color. He doesn't like
1: people who speak Spanish. Every insult in the world that they could think of to tie on Donald Trump when he said, let's build a wall they threw at him. Every single insult, and it went on for years. And then you had those rhino Republicans. Well, we understand you elected this clown to be president, so we have to pretend to go along with him, but we're going to not fund that damn wall. That's what we're going to do, led by Paul Ryan. And that fight went on where they pretended, oh, yeah, we met with the president and we agree with the president only because we can't say openly that we disagree with the president but they stabbed him in the back politically every step of the way and they never gave the wall the kind of funding that it was meant to have to be totally effective and now you have Mayor Adams and other Democrats you know maybe we need to build a wall Maybe we need to put a wall up, see whether we can stop some of this traffic. Because we can't afford it in our beautiful blue sanctuary cities. This is astounding. We have, uh, ladies and gentlemen, and uh, we're going to get to, I want to play back some of the interview that we had with Joel Rosenberg early this morning in our first hour, top of the show, Joel, Joel called us from Israel, and this is how that went. These are six cuts, and we're just going to play the cuts back to back.
2: So I'm based in Jerusalem. Uh, as you know, uh, I run All Israel News, which is at allisrael.com. We've had a surge of traffic, of course, today. As, as the worst war in the nine years that I've ever lived here in Israel. Uh, has broken out uh, th- uh, this morning. Um, but on, on top of all that, and we'll get into the details of the war, but, yeah, uh, we've had a massive cyber attack against our site. We're checking to see if other new sites are down, uh, but we're down right now. We hope to be back up very shortly.
1: Well, this seems to be whatever is going on here, this seems to be well uh, orchestrated and, and connected, when did you come? When did you become aware of what was taking place, Joel? I mean, this is a surprise for the world. What is taking place in Israel today?
2: It is. Well, look. What's what's bizarre about this, and yet should have been prepared for by the IDF and Israeli intelligence, is the fact that this weekend is the 50th anniversary of the massive sneak attack by Egypt and Syria. 50 years ago in what was became known as the Yom Kippur War, the worst war in the history of the last 75 years in Israel, right? So so on these type of anniversaries, we always have to make sure we're very vigilant. But it looks like the IDF has been caught in the biggest intelligence failure since the Yom Kippur War, Yom Kippur war James. I mean, what what's happened is it looks like now thousands – of Hamas terrorist fighters have crossed the border um, because the IDF is now engaged in counter-terror operations in 21 Israeli border towns, settlement towns, farms, and cities uh, near the Gaza Strip in in our southern tier. Uh, uh, More than 2,500 rockets have been fired at us, but Israeli citizens, we're, we're watching videos on Twitter of Israeli citizens being captured and killed by Hamas terrorists. We, we've never had an infiltration like this by a terrorist group. Uh, we've had infiltration, I mean, not of this magnitude, okay? So, and here in Jerusalem, uh, we, we, you asked how do we know about it? Well, the fighting began this morning. We woke up to uh, rocket siren alerts in Jerusalem. That never happened. I think it's happened once once since I lived here in nine years, and uh, so Hamas terrorists in Gaza in the Gaza Strip are firing rockets. We've had eight rounds of rockets fired here at Jerusalem, but but hundreds of, I mean literally 2,500 uh, rockets atta- uh, fired at, at multiple cities and towns all over Israel. Um, the Iron Dome sirens go off, and then fortunately, the Iron Dome is taken down. All of the missiles and rockets headed for Jerusalem, our, our capital, but actually we're more used to uh, the rocket wars, games. you and I have talked about them, and during numerous right. rocket wars over the years. What's different about this is, is we're pretty safe, mostly because of the Iron Dome anti-rocket system, which, by the way, Democrats used to call Star Wars, mocking us, you know, mocking anyone yes. who thought you could shoot down a missile with a missile. But we do that here, 95% accuracy rate here in Israel. But what's different is this surge of terrorists crossing the border and, and thinking, how did the IDF let this happen? How did Israeli intelligence get caught flat-footed? It, it, it's so bad. And Israeli Prime Minister Netanyahu just went on television here to say, "This is what, what's about to happen from the... Counter reaction side, right from the Israeli Defense Force, side, is not going to be an operation or a, a project. This is all out war. So, um, my wife has a Bible study here where evangelicals, every husband of every young woman that's in her Bible study, and every brother of every woman in their Bible study, has been called up in their reserves in the last two hours. Most of the men that I know across the country who are still in the IDF reserves are being called up. It's a massive war that's being prepared, but it, it, but the country's been blindsided this morning.
1: That is just stunning news, Joel. There, I, I I don't know whether you've seen the pictures. I've seen the pictures. Apparently, some of the attackers have paraglided in. If these pictures are accurate, they they yes they yes this is. Yeah, land,
2: air and sea. They they stormed across they, they seem to have just ripped through the we have a border wall. But it looks like the, the observation posts that normally man you know our side were being unattended. So we're watching videos of trucks filled with Hamas fighters just storming across the border. I don't know this is not Biden country. Okay. This is not the Mexican border. Where where it's normal for you guys. Our borders are very carefully sealed up and we've got and that's the most dangerous border Israel has. But what in the world is just happening? Nobody understands it. Watching Israeli television today, they're using the terms apocalyptic because Israelis are being yanked out of their houses. Women, children, men shot down in front of their children, women being captured and, and dragged into trucks to take back to Gaza. It's a massive defeat. Uh, defeat at the moment I'm obviously we will win we will counter but it's a huge black eye at the moment
1: and that was Joe Rosenberg my good friend Joe Rosenberg with All Israel News reporting to us live from Jerusalem this morning uh, I want to get back to uh, Susan in Finger Lakes and get your call I put you on hold before we went to the break Susan welcome back how are you Susan
5: I'm great, Hello. James. Good, James. I'm here.
1: Yes. Okay.
5: <laughs> okay. So I I wanted to pick up on the um the tweet and the, that you were talking about about the forty five Republicans that are so embarrassed about uh poor Kevin losing his job. Um. Well, he did break his word, and. I don't think enough has been said about his performance in the debt ceiling, um, which was in May, how he also, the Congress made, uh, you know, made a plan for the debt ceiling. It was a compromise. It wasn't everything everyone wanted, but he did not even stick to that very um, uh, watered down uh, spending cut Um, He walked right in instead of a one year with a cap of um, what's a trillion or something about a trillion dollars in spending. He went right in without any negotiations and offered a two year, which was turned out to be uncapped because they've spent another trillion dollars in the last 90 days. And this, wow. this out of control debt with the interest rates and our revenues are probably going down. While our interest, we also have to roll over eight trillion of debt at higher rates from the two thousand eight payoff that the American public is on the line for. People don't seem to understand that this is American taxpayers that are. Uh, we're never going to even make a nickel uh, payment onto the principle of this. We're going to have 600 trillion just in interest. Now and interest rates are going up, revenues are going down. This is a crisis. And a one percent that Jay, uh, um, uh, that um, Jim uh, is talking about uh, the next speaker, one um, percent is he couldn't do nothing. We have to have deep cuts. The 40% additional that they put on for COVID spending has not been touched. It's a disaster, James. And it is Kevin- a total
1: disaster. And Kevin botched this up. And I'm sorry, people can give, they can be ashamed and embarrassed that Kevin has gone all they want to. And again, I am not here to defend Matt Gates. okay? But what. If you want to go by the issues and what Gates said the issues were, which was the failure of McCarthy to restore regular order, to get a handle on this budgeting process. And by the way, Susan, this is just the beginning of the reforms that need to be made. We will never get a handle on spending until something that Rush Limbaugh talked about decades ago happened, and that's getting us out of this method that Congress uses where of automatic increases in the budget for everything their baseline budgeting process which is as corrupt as all get out but these these issues run deep and mccarthy failed and i don't understand what's so difficult about people to understand that he failed at what he said he was going to do give you the last word on this susan
5: well i just think that people don't even understand how serious this situation is with this debt and interest rates. And some very good economists are predicting a depression in the likes of the 30s. That's not Susan That's right. Upstate saying it.
1: That's right. That's right. And so, Susan, thank you. I, I'm so happy that you elected to wait online and to share your thoughts with us. And you are absolutely 100% right. Thank you so much for the call. We appreciate it. James Golden, aka Snurdy, this is our Saturday morning radio extravaganza, and we continue with Princess Di when we come back.
0: It's time for a radio royalty with James Golden and America's Princess of Policy, Princess Di.
1: I have been looking forward to this all week, ladies and gentlemen. Her Highnessness. Her Royaltynessness. Miss Know-It-All. I'm sorry. uh, Miss (laughs) Know-Everything. Just kidding. Uh, Her Worshipfulnessness. No, no, no. Okay, okay. I know you don't like that one. All right. Miss Ness Ness, Princess Diana is here with us to tell me what I've been screwing up. No, to tell me, well, anyway, welcome, Your Majesty. How are you?
7: Sir James, you've been doing so. Everything you said, I agree with, pretty much. So I, I have no criticisms for this morning.
1: <laughs> well, then, thank you for joining us, and we appreciate it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Okay. Wait a minute, you agree. So what I happen to agree with one of the McPhails is gone. You have you called them the three McPhails and it was who were the three McPhails?
7: You had Ronan McDaniel, the head of the uh, RNC, you have Mitch McConnell, the Senate majority minority leader at this point, and then you had Kevin McCarthy, the speaker. Now, interestingly enough, the interim speaker who is temporarily stepping in for McCarthy is Patrick McHenry, so he too is a McPhail destined to be.
1: <laughs> so they place replace one McPhail with another McPhail.
7: Yeah, the little guy with the uh, you know the angry mallet. You know, he was banging his oh. gavel.
1: <laughs> oh, i laughed laugh myself silly watching him just, he I mean, yeah, this is what the Republicans do, boy. They can bang down a gavel like nobody's business. <laughs> I am outraged. and yeah. it's,
7: well, They are big men, and he represents the moderates that you were talking about. And I want to disagree with you. One thing you said about see? the Pelosi office. I I think it fits into this discussion because that is what happened behind the scenes is McCarthy expected Democrat votes to save him. And when that did not happen, he was the one behind the angry get them out of their little hideaway offices these are their main offices these are little hideaway offices that allow them not to have to walk all the way back to their regular offices off the floor and mccarthy basically was so furious that nancy who he said promised i'll always back you up he said that on the floor that she was not there and her people just basically double crossed him. Which, of course, is right there. Anyone who expects the Democrats to save you if you're a Republican is, you know, really, that's a bad bet. So that's the backstory on the expulsion from the Hideaway offices. It's because these moderates, including McCarthy, who, even though he's supposedly a conservative, really is a moderate, they are furious. At the Democrats in fact have you heard about what's going on in the problem solvers caucus
1: no okay what are the problem solvers doing
7: I know who they are bipartisan group of moderates they cross the aisle all the time which means the Republicans surrender they were right. so mad because they were working at a deal a power-sharing deal that if if they, they were going to give uh, Democrat votes to save McCarthy, that all of a sudden McCarthy would have turned around and put equal numbers of people on the committees and the kinds of things we have seen Republicans do before in the past, the power-sharing sh- deal. And so that was what they were expecting to happen. And they were negotiating. The Republicans were negotiating for this, and then the Democrats in the Problem Solvers Caucus betrayed them, and all voted against McCarthy. And so they, <laughs> <laughs> this is the most hilarious and delicious Schadenfreude moment for these people who expected, you know, the, the Democrats and the, some of the most rabid Democrats to basically save their bacon. So that's the story behind the story on um, the little hideaway offices uh, dust up, which, of course, is insignificant, but it is, a, I think, very revelatory as to where McCarthy was looking instead of the voters, instead of the GOP base. And, you know, Pelosi is now saying, I had no promise to him. He, she's denying, of course, that she ever promised. Of course. Him she, yes, exactly. So the fact that they counted on this. The moderates in Congress, the angry ones who are now writing letters, counted on this, tells you everything. This has been going on for so long where this is unsustainable, where elected Republicans were really basically members of the establishment who who looked to Democrats were not representing the voter base. And this has gone on for decades and if you remember, when the um, wonderful um, Republican Revolution happened, we got Newt in there, and he was very effective for four years, and then he had his issues, and then we had Dennis Pastor. I, I like him. the way
1: you say that. He had his issues.
4: Well, he, there
7: they, was a they,
1: Okay. They, and, they mutinied. Wait a minute. They mutinied and threw his behind out. Well,
7: it was because, if you remember, the Republicans lost five seats in 98. They blamed Newt after, you know, the Republican Revolution. And that is not unusual in a midterm election. So they right. blamed Newt. really what what was the problem was he was behind the impeachment of Clinton and he was having his own affair. And that was what really lent uh, moral. Yeah, that's when
1: it, that's when the, having affairs used to mean something.
7: Yeah, back then, but that was the end of Newt, and then there was Dennis Hastert, who was controlled, as we know. He would. He, there was scandal, was um, basically pedophilia, which was a terrible. Oh, thing. Then-
1: Diana, <laughs> Diana, we we're, we're not allowed to talk about that. We're not allowed to talk about Republican pedophilia. <laughs>
7: was in prison for it we are allowed to talk about it so it's okay but there was a series of them republicans after vayner came in in 2011 after the democrats lost 63 seats in 2010 as a result of rebellion against obama and then vayner came in and he was such a disappointment to conservatives and did all the same things that moderates always did and do you know that Mark Meadows filed a motion to vacate, and that is how Boehner was gotten rid of. This is now forgotten in the in the annals of history. Now we're talking about this is the first time this has ever ha- happened in Congress, when, in fact, bon- Boehner resigned. <laughs> <instead> of, <laughs> excuse me, I
1: instead heard that. Of going
7: for the boat, boat. And so, you know, this same thing happened to him. Mark Meadows who was conservative freedom caucus filed a motion to vacate. And that was the end of Boehner. And so who did we get? Paul Ryan,
1: Paul Ryan.
7: So, so you have had these series of speakers who have crushed down the will of Republican voters time after time, after time. So now Kevin McCarthy comes in and does the exact same thing. He dismissed the will of the representatives, the conservatives in there. And they, the reason that this was able to go forward and defenestrate, as they say in the media, McCarthy, which is, you know, an old fashioned word to, to get rid of him, throw him out the window, is because the power behind the eight who voted against him with the Democrats is enormous and it comes from the voters. I mean, Matt Gates is being, you know, sneered at because he was fundraising over it. Well, that tells you he's getting a lot of support out here in the hinterlands because this is what we wanted. We wanted kicking over the table, get rid of the the amazing, stifling political shackles that have been put on this country and participated in by the Republican leadership. And that is why this is an opportunity. Now, your reaction is, okay, nothing's really going to change. You may be right. But this is an opportunity for new breath of fresh air, new thinking. This now, to me, the fight is where it needs to be constitutionally in the House of Representatives. This is a real fight. This is not what we're usually treated to, where all the deals are made off-camera, off-stage, and with lobbyists and everyone else. There is such corruption in the usual, the norms, as they keep calling on, we have to stay with the norms. The norms are corrupt. And now, all of a sudden, we're having a genuine fight. And I'm saying a lot of these people, in fact, most of Congress, you can't say are ideologically motivated. They're self-motivated, but they're having a real fight. And the pressure is coming from us, the voters. So we need to cheer this on. They are trying to do the new rules off camera and in secret where they're going to try and get rid of this motion to vacate opportunity with one person being able to bring that forward they're trying to get rid of that and that's all the reason why we have to tell them that has to stay the motion of vacant has to stay uh, the ability to do that because we this is why they're so afraid of it they saw enormous power coming from the voters finally and so the eagle eyes have to be on this, this group of people who are not naturally full of integrity, and we need to keep the pressure on. But I'm very excited. I told you I didn't think McCarthy would survive, and he didn't. And I'm telling you, this is a, really an opportunity for reform to finally hit the center of evil in America, which is the United States Congress.
1: Oof, Diana, that is well, I'm accurate um yeah, so I continue to say that i you know my problem is i I like Jim Jordan here's my problem to be totally candid i you know i I really do like Jim Jordan i don't I don't be the forces that he is up against with the moderates in control of that, that caucus, are vast. And I think that conservatives that don't pay attention to the numbers necessarily don't understand how much pushback there is in the House of Representatives against conservatives. You look at the Freedom Caucus. I mean, they've never had any more than 40-some-odd members. You look at the Republican study group. They're not huge, and that group is, doesn't have a bunch of conservatives. All, they're not an all-conservative group either. We are, conservatives are vastly outnumbered in the House of Representatives. And that makes getting a deal done very, very difficult under any circumstances, working within your own caucus. And here we are. We're going to be 30 days up on a new, as you say, this dance with this stupid CR is just never-ending playbook stuff. We've already had 100, over 100 continuing uh, resolutions funding this government. They're not going to come out with anything else but another CR, which means another evil deal is going to have to be made to fund the government again unless conservatives somehow can get a victory out of this. And I don't see how that's possible. Do you?
7: Well, the, nobody saw who was actually in the conventional thinking world saw this would be possible. This is what I'm telling you. The numbers do not reflect the power struggle going on. And the enormous, the power comes from the people. The enormous uh, impetus from conservatives, we outnumber all of the moderates in this country, and it has never been reflected ever in the House of Representatives. And that was what I was saying before, that was unsustainable. Now there is this little crack of sunlight, this little hole where fresh air is blowing in. And the idea that it's always going to be the way it's been, I think has been proven false by what happened just this week. So I think you're right. Don't trust any of them. I think that you're correct. Pressures within that, within that Congress are anti-conservative and virilely, very anti-conservative. But that doesn't matter because the pressure, they cannot always hold back with their finger in the dike the, the enormous wave of desire, political desire from the conservative voters. The Republican party is about to be swamped by this huge wind and wave that's coming through there. That's my view.
1: Well, thank you. I want to leave you with this happy note from Rhonda Schrock, America's small caffeinated mom. If she was right about McCarthy, I'd be very careful about betting against her on Michelle. Just saying, (laughs) this is what I'm tormented with. You traitor! You traitor! <laughs> Thank
7: you so much. That is really good advice. But listen, can I just add something about the situation in Israel? One little data point. Yes, of course. Sure. Yes,
1: yes, yes, Your Majesty. Quickly, of course.
7: Now, now quickly. It's just Joel mentioned the intel failure, and i read about how Mossad was blindsided, and I just want to put out not only the money that has been you know, allowed to go to Iran, which has always supported Hamas, which is behind these attacks. There was a huge story no one covered except for the tablet. Here's the title. High level Iranian spy ring busted in Washington. The infiltration of the American government by Iran, directly funded by Tehran, This just broke on October 1st, and there was no mainstream coverage. You have a partner, a U.S. ally with Israel, a security partner, and I would not be a bit surprised that that infiltration the intel infiltration is one of the reasons that there was a, a failure of intel in Israel. I, I would not put it past. You have the hatred of Israel in the Obama wing of the party, which is poisonous, and you have... a Pro iran forces within the American government, which is poisonous, and you have the connection with the intel services with Israel and America, and all of a sudden you have this major intel failure. And I think that those dots need to be connected.
1: Wow. As always, Princess Diana, you leave me speechless, and that's mind-blowing. Thank you, thank you, Your Majesty. Look forward to next week, and Princess Di. Thank you, Diana.
7: Thank
1: you, Sir James. Coming back, we're gonna wrap up the morning extravaganza our Saturday morning extravaganza with your phone calls. We have some time to take calls, and we're gonna do that uh we po- oh thank you, Nick. I mentioned to Nick that yesterday was Rod Timberton's birthday. Rod Timberton is one of my favorite songwriters, like you, Miss Churchill. anyway. Rod Timberton, genius songwriter who died too early. Most of the Michael Jackson songs that blew him off the charts, a lot of them co-written or written by Rod Timberton. Heatwave, George Benson, Brothers Johnson, so many more hits by Rod Timberton, the English songwriter. And this is one of them. Always and forever, heatwave, the classic. On WABC, your call's coming up on our Saturday morning radio extravaganza.
0: Now, here's James Golden, a.k.a. Bo Snurdly, on 77 WABC.
1: On this day in 2013, Annie Lennox described... The sexual imagery of modern pop videos as dark and pornographic... Annie Lennox told BBC Radio 5 Live, I'm all for freedom of expression, but clearly, this is one step beyond. It's clearly into the realm of porn. I love Annie Lennox. She is, to me, definition of an artist, an artist. She is a recording artist. Of the highest order. My this one is called a thousand, breeze, "A thousand Beautiful Things." On WABC, heading back to your telephone calls. Oh, Debbie checked in. Haven't heard that. Debbie's my speech police person. She's the one when I use a bad word. She texts me all the time and tells me. Don't do it or stop it or apologize. And I haven't heard from Debbie in a few weeks, and I was like, what's wrong? And then I figured it out. I haven't heard from Debbie ever since that She's a huge Jet fan. Poor thing. <laughs> 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 and I had I happened to talk about the Jets and the Giants. You know, can we just say that New York football teams suck? And just leave it like that. Hey, so you New York football fans, your team suck. They suck. Ha, ha. And why do I say that with such anima? Because I made when I used to watch the NFL, which was ages ago, I haven't really watched the NFL in a lot of years. Ever since they started this kneeling crap. I, that's when I they lost me. They have these bunch of multi-gazillionaires and they're kneeling down, whining about they're oppressed in America. Give me a freaking break, and half of them can't put six words together to make a sentence that makes sense, right? So I stopped watching it. But still, you know, I was a Dallas fan when I did watch, and and so Giants people were miserable to me. I've been to Giants Stadium for some of those games, and you Giant fans, some of you are... Totally, not all of you. I realize many of you are good people and you're nice people. You're Americans, and I'm not talking about you, but I'm talking about you, rowdy, inconsiderate, miscreant Giant fans. You people were miserable. And so, yes, I gloat when the Giants suck as they do this year. And I don't have anything against the Jets, really, except they suck. So and and it's and and I'm not laughing over Aaron Rodgers. It's too bad. I had hoped that he would have, you know, turned out to be, you know, at least playing and losing. I'm, but at least playing. I don't I don't like that the guy's injured. Anyway, let's get back to the telephones and uh, let us begin with Tommy in the Bronx. Tommy, how are you?
10: Bo knows Rush. And uh, Howard Kosso was once on WABC. You could take his place after all these years. Um, the thing that's going on right now, Bo, with the hard left is they're running up the score. They're knocking down statues. They're having their way. They're flooding the country. This is a full scale invasion that people, you know, people are more interested in watching football on Sunday than actually worrying about the country being invaded until it ends up in their backyard. Then they start screaming to the high heavens a little bit too late then um the thing is you have to hit the hard left because they are vicious individuals they don't care about anybody's feelings they have no souls the thing is unless trump or whatever republican nominee is and the republican congress they have to be held their feet have to be held to the fire but the people who vote for them they have to really i really mean this demand that the 65 Immigration Act, the 1990 Immigration Act, illegal immigrants thrown out of the country, the uh, people who overstayed their visas, almost a million a year, and the biggest offender of that is Chinese, uh, is the Chinese Communist uh, serial killers over there with over 800,000. So they just they flood in the country as America sleeps and we're not going to be able to reverse any of this stuff unless it's addressed now. And the, and the craziest thing is when you look at, when you look at the hard left saying we want the illegals to vote in the elections. Well, I think they're just sending a signal because a lot of the illegals do vote because when they get licenses in North Carolina and these other states, they automatically get, they get enrolled into the uh, voting, uh, uh, you know, into the, uh, be able to vote in those states. So it's going to be a crazy thing Trump, if he's the nominee, he's got to go hunting where the votes are. Let me tell you something. There's a big statistic that Everett's talked about. Uh, You do a good job. There's only a few people who really do a good job with the information. In 2016, Donald Trump got 61% of the white male vote. Four years later, I mean, in 2020, Trump only got 57% of the white male vote. So he actually went down percentage-wise. Those are big numbers. And that's where you got to go. You got to go hunting with a buzzer. I mean, he keeps this up with first step and releasing people out of prison. I like the extertion, which if Trump is eligible for the first step back. But the thing is, and you keep doing this about, oh, unemployment is down for certain ethnic and racial groups when he was president. That's not appealing to, to people who are going to vote for you. when it comes down. I don't to- know why.
1: Wait a minute. Wait a minute. So white people are offended if black unemployment goes down? Come on, Tommy. Give people more credit than that.
10: Wait, wait a minute! You're saying that I did not say that. There are people out there who
1: have. You said that's not appealing to those voters, and I'm listening to everything that you said now, and and I'm taking it to heart. By the way, I think you're brilliant. I I love your analysis, but that part I just had to push back on. And something else you said: they have no souls. Everybody has souls. So, So, Tommy, I I love your call. They have souls. They may not have brains. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Anyway, Tommy, love you, man. John in Queens, you're up next, and we've got to take a quick break, and then we got to come back with more phones. John, make it quick. You're up next.
8: Yes, sir. I just want to know when they're going to uh, fly all the Venezuelans back to Venezuela. Who's paying the carbon taxes? Should the Democrat Party pay the carbon taxes on that?
1: Yes. Unequivocally, yes. You made it brief, and the answer was just as brief. Yes, they should. James Gogan a.k.a. Snurley, Saturday morning, radio extravaganza. Ah, yes. Imagine that. A WABC. Coming back, your phone calls, rapid phones coming up.
4: Imagine there's no heaven. Sees if you
1: try. No, it's not.
0: Morning radio extravaganza. Now here's James Golden, aka Bo
1: Snurdly, on 77 WABC. And ladies and gentlemen, we are going to go to a rapid phones. Means you got to get to your phone call quickly. I want to get as many people in as possible. Our lines are bursting at the seams. Up uh, first, before I do that, I just got to do a quick note. I got a very nice note uh, in the uh, during the break. And it was so complimentary, and it's very long. And I don't want to read it all. But then there's this. I one thing I do have angst in regards to some of your comments is when you criticize the players that take a knee before a game. If they are kneeling in prayer to God, that should be respected and revered, not mocked. It took. Uh, if more of us took a knee at the start and end of our days, our world would not be in the trouble that it is today. And I agree with that wholeheartedly. They never said they were taking a knee to God. They were taking a knee during the National Anthem, which is a sign of disrespect. Never once did they say they were praying, they were doing anything like it. If they did, I would show them a level of respect and still be critical a bit because they were doing it uh, during the National Anthem. But it was clearly a political statement, not a spiritual statement, a political statement to show unhappiness with the country that has given them so much opportunity, and that's why I have and had the reaction that I do. Okay, rapid phones. We will start with Rocco in Saratoga. Rocco, how are you this morning, my friend?
5: Uh, I'm good. How are you? But why the vitriol towards our Jets and Giants? That was Kaepernick. He was with San Francisco. Our Jets and Giants didn't take a knee. They didn't they take the knee. That was Kaepernick. suck. There. Nah. No, hey, they suck. Gonna, don't worry. They're going to come around. They're gonna, hey, you're, you're a fair-weather fan, James. You're
1: a fair I've never been a fan of the Giants and the Jets. I've always, no, I've never been a fan of either one of those teams. So I have no, I, I'm not a fair-weather fan. I've only had one football team in my life, the Dallas Cowboys, America's team. America's team. Thank no, you, Rocco. They suck. <laughs> Yeah, well, they're not having the best years either, but oh well. Anyway, thank you for <laughs> thank you, thank you, Rocco. Let's go to Margaret in New York. You're up next on Rapid Phones. Hi, Margaret.
6: Hi, Bo. I'm, I just wanted to say something about uh, teaching, and that when they're talking about you know, the failure of the schools in Baltimore and elsewhere, I remind, it reminds me of a teacher that was on 60 Minutes years ago. She was from Chicago, and her name was Marva Collins. And she said oh, yes. in her own house. She believed that our precious children could learn. And she she set boundaries. She taught them how she set boundaries. She instilled the will to learn. She expected them to learn. And you know, with social promotion they promote kids so the kids often feel bad that they're not being promoted. But how bad do you feel about yourself when you're an imposter? If you if you're st- promoted because of just to be promoted, you didn't learn anything, you didn't do anything, you didn't expend any energy to try, then you, you know you're an imposter inside. But somebody That's like right. Marva Collins-,
1: Marva Collins was a national treasure, and there were other examples of teachers like her, but she was indeed a national treasure. Margaret, thank you. Such a great call. Tony in Clifton, you are up next on WABC. How are you, Tony?
13: Good morning, James. I just want to say that when the United States just a month ago, not even, released $6 billion in funds to Iran, um, we were assured by Secretary of State Blinken that these funds would be used only for humanitarian purposes. Then I remind you what. Iran President Raisi said, he said, now the country of Iran will use this money wherever it needs it. So as we wake up this morning to the devastation in the country of our friend Israel, let us be reminded that this is another harsh decision made by the Biden administration when it knows that the terrorist country of Iran Hosted yep. in the summer leaders right. of Hamas in Israel in June. This Thank
1: you, Tony. Thank you, Tony. Olga, very quickly, we have 20 seconds. Make your point, Olga.
6: Okay. Hi, Bo. Uh, Biden uh, missed conveniently to appoint ambassador to Israel.
1: Yes, he did. Thank you, Olga. May God bless and protect each and every single one of you, your family, your loved ones. Thank you for being here with me, love and gratitude for that, and for allowing me to be with you. We resume, God willing, on Monday with Boston Early's Rush Hour at 4 p.m. We'll see you then. Bye. Bye.